Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Slauncha, what about you? Um, it's technically, technically it's an off-season special, we call it. It's, it's off-season for us um, because obviously we are in start of June. So we are now oh, technically about a month and a half, two months nearly into uh, our official off-season uh, here in the UK. Um, obviously, the Stanley Cup is still ongoing, which we will talk about uh, in a period two. Um, hence the reason I'm currently wearing, for anybody who's watching the YouTube, who's not watching YouTube, I'm currently wearing my Vegas Golden Knights jersey. Um, talk about talk about jumping on a bandwagon. I mean, <laughs> who on earth, who on earth would just j- abandon their team and jump on a bandwagon like that? It's absolutely shocking, Marty. That's, that's that look at, by that's that look at uh, John, Dave and Aaron, who decided to jump on the bandwagon when the Leafs were going into the, the second round of the Stanley Cup this year. And they were like, let's all buy jerseys. And I blame you guys for the reason why the Maple Leafs were kicked out because you all bought jerseys and then all of a sudden, hey, 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 don't come at me just because I found a, a piece of crap in a charity shop a couple of years ago and just happened to have it on that night. Air, that's that. That was no bandwagoning for me. <laughs> Convenient, um, guys. How are you doing, Dave? How are you doing? You good? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just the usual. Enjoying the off season. Good, good. Yeah, it's uh, done around the house. So you're looking forward to the, the season starting again. So you're laughing as much. Um, uh, and John, what about yourself? How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm uh, in the middle of uh, some extended time off work to look after my daughter before she starts nursery in a couple of weeks. So uh, I've had a, a brilliant start to the summer and the off season. It's been fantastic. Loved it. I think uh, I think officially we probably could call it summer. Um, well, I know here in, in Northern Ireland we're calling it summer because our two weeks of summer, which happens around June time, is now currently in, in effect. Um, the weather has been amazing, so we'll we'll call it so we'll officially. I'm officially calling it summer. Um, but I'm sure that will only last for at least another, I'd say, maybe week and a half, and then we're back to rain again. Um, but. We'll 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 try and we'll try and appreciate what we do have for now anyway. Do you know what? It's, it's fine. We we need rain for water for ice, so it's grand. True, um, guys. As I mentioned already at the top of this episode, it is our off season. So our off season here in the UK means a lot of uh, stories, a lot of coming and going, and a lot of signing news, and just general, just usual elite league stuff happening around the whole UK. Um, we have an action packed. Uh, I suppose run in order for tonight. Um, we haven't spoken since the season came to an end at the end of April, um, and we haven't really had a chance to sit down and, and we haven't talked about any of this stuff yet. So some of these stories will be um, maybe old news, shall we call it? Because um, people will know all about it. It's been around for maybe a week or two, maybe three. Um, but it's definitely stories that we have wanted to talk about, um, especially um, two or three of the, the bits and pieces. Um, so if it does sound like old news. I, I don't really care what oh. <laughs> chat about it um and actually to be fair um when we put out today on twitter um we did put out some like the usual call for action on twitter uh, asking people to kind of give us what their their take or what we should be talking about a couple of these things did come up um and it was old news but it is people wanted us to wanted to hear what we thought about certain bits and pieces so um we will be talking about quite a bit here um coming up we will have our usual regular podcast uh period one two and three um obviously we have stories for each of them uh guys i don't have anything else as a warm-up um so i think without 
but let's let's just get stuck into it because it is going to be a long one i'm going to guess so let's get stuck let's into go. our period one of hockey After what is probably the shortest intro we've ever done on this show, uh, we're stuck. We're straight into our period one of hockey. Period one for anybody who's new around here is uh, just a roundup of news stories from around the UK, um, taking in all and any leagues at all. Um, let's start um, first off with the Elite Ice Hockey League. Um, you'll notice I said Elite Ice Hockey League. We're going to come back to that because it's a question for later on. Um, but the Elite League um, did announce they're going to. The first story I'm going to talk about is obviously the the Elite League had their their general meeting uh, in May there, in which they talk about fixtures and the fixtures are complete now and all we're waiting on is for the teams or each team just to confirm uh i suppose just cementing those dates and make sure that their arenas and stuff are free for the dates that were discussed and agreed on uh but one of the big things coming out of the, those discussions as well was the official i suppose announcement um of probably the worst kept secret um in, in uk hockey for over this over the end of the last over the end of this towards the end of the season and that is that the uh the league has 10 members have agreed on uh the roster regulations for the 2023-2024 season the number of players on a game day roster will remain at 20 and that will comprise of 18 skaters and two netminders a maximum of 15 non-homegrown players i.e imports will be permitted each team's game day roster in the 2023-2024 season um, um, there is no change to the overall roster size for the season, which remains at 29 players, including two-way players, uh, but excluding injury reserve cover. The total number of non-homegrown players a team may sign in one season, excluding injury reserve cover, remains at 20. Um, they have the Elite League, I, I suppose Tony Smith, the chairman of the Elite League, um, stated, we want to continue to improve the competitive, competitiveness and the standard of the product, which saw record crowds and over a million spectators during the 2022-2023 season and as a league every team is committed to making the elite league the best level of hockey that it can be and we're sure our fans will be excited to see teams back on the ice come september we are delighted to support the great britain national team and are proud that 90 percent of the players that won promotion to the elite group of this year's world championship players spoiler alert as well as coaches as the biggest indoor sport in the uk we're keen to work with ice hockey uk to further the development of british hockey players coming through the junior systems across the country we will continue discussing with ice hockey uk over the coming weeks to help form a joint strategy for the short medium and long-term development of gb talent obviously this is coming out of the fact that the uh, import level is increasing local talent is going to go down and therefore they're kind of trying to say we need to put something in place to kind of appease uk hockey is the gist we, of what i can was we just can we just very very quickly say anthony sit down we, we know we know yes um the first person that came to mind was anthony um that was the first person that came to mind when it, when his statement was put out. Um, and it is, guys. I mean, let's get your take on it, Dave. Let's come to you first. I mean, obviously, Tony Smith, or the chair, you know, chairman of the Elite League, you know, coming out and saying what he's saying. Obviously, it's trying to calm things down a bit, knowing the fact that um, by increasing the import limits and reducing the the local homegrown talent, it's going to irk some people, probably. Yeah, it's. I'm never a fan of uh, increasing the the imports uh, in the way they do. Um, I don't. It's sort of a false economy. You know, it's a short term gain, but long term, it's going to impact the ability for the clubs to draw British talent. Um, yes, they'll have probably a good few big high money uh, Brits that they'll be able to bring in, but uh, unless they're able to um, make a good deal 
um, with other leagues. Um, I personally think that two ways um, shouldn't be included in the total um, to allow more two-way Brits to get experience in the Elite League and to foster more uh, interaction with um, the, the the other leagues um, and to just arbitrarily, I suppose all 10 teams apparently must have agreed to this, but to me it just seems a bit of a, a, bit of a backward step. Yeah, I mean, John, John, Dave said it there. Dave mentioned about the fact that the, the, you know those two-way contracts this year for some players have really paid off. And again, <laughs> potential spoilers there as well. Um, but you know, for some that really has paid off uh, in terms of that that two-way kind of aspect in terms of the development. Um, uh, I mean, what's your take in terms of you know obviously the, what the comments that have been made um, and the increase of the import? We obviously talked about this in a prior podcast. You know, obviously the the you know, people paying their money, people want the best product on the ice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what's your, what's your take on this? I think I, I've said before that the the stance of the league is that it's not a development league. Uh, it is uh, a league that, it, and it's a business which is in, in the business of making money by putting a product in front of people and selling seats to that product. Um, this happens to be ice hockey uh, in this business. Um, the best way to do that for them, or as far as they see, is to put the the import limit up and bring a, a f- what they see as being a better product because they don't see as potentially as much value in the local game. Um, it's kind of I I do agree with Dave that I don't think the two ways should be included. Um, that seems self defeating. Um, and you said it, Marty, the, the two ways have been instrumental for a few players. Um, you just have to look at uh, the Belfast Giants roster last season. Uh, look at the two-way deals that were in place there and look at the people who helped actually win a trophy. Um, we're going to talk about them later on. Norris is a prime example of that. Um, so, yeah, there's there's pluses and minuses. What I will say is I do think there's a massive plus in this piece that's been put out on the Elite League web, uh, website. And that is the fact that you've got the league chairman for possibly the first time actually talking about how the Elite League can support the GB uh, national team and how it can support youth development. Uh, yeah. This is the first time the Elite League in any way has taken any step towards that we want to support development. They might still say that they're not a development league, but they have at least said, look, we actually do value the the British players coming through. We value the fact that GB is back in top flight. We want to keep it there. As a business, what the Elite League should be looking at is the fact that if you've got GB playing against top-level opponents from elsewhere, it's not just about playing against them. They're sharing facilities with these guys for a week and a half, two weeks. Um, they are chatting to guys who might be getting contacted by elite league teams and they're wanting to know what's the what's the crack here if I go to Belfast, if I go to Sheffield, if I go to Nottingham, if I go to Fife, um, <laughs> what am I what am I walking into? Uh, and that's that opportunity that you're not you can't buy that opportunity. You have to develop it with the young players to keep that team in the top tier. So there's a like I say, there's pluses and minuses to this and people are going to get on their soapboxes for the entire season. This is not just something that people are going to get angry about right now. Uh, one or 
or be happy about because they're going to see this fantastic product for the next season. This is this conversation will keep going, and it will keep going as teams tap into their injury reserves as well and bring in new guys and roster numbers go up. I mean, we saw it at the back end of this season. Everyone's saying that for some reason they think that Belfast was the revolving door this year. Yes, there were a couple of guys who got shipped out early doors. There were a couple of guys who were then laid up at the back end of the season for one reason or another. But we didn't ever go over the the roster limit. Uh, the roster limit was brought in because you had the likes of Nottingham and Sheffield who were revolving door teams. They were going through, they were just churning guys in and out. So now you've got that limit there. It's there. Stop complaining. If a team goes over 29 signed players in a season, yes, have a go at them. If they win everything, yes, have a go at them and say it's not right. They shouldn't have done it. But Giants, Grand Slam, stayed within the rules. Shut up. Oh, you had to get that in anyway. Um, yeah, I definitely think it's an interesting one. Obviously, I've seen a lot of replies and a lot of um, feedback and, and I cry, I suppose, on, on Twitter as we usually do on Elite League Twitter. Um, and I know there was a couple of people who were obviously commenting about, you know, these changes and stuff. And there was a few co- interesting comments about, obviously, you know, we are seeing a change in, in the guard, if you will, um, within British hockey at the moment, you know, in terms of we're seeing players who are stepping down and moving away from, from playing. We're seeing people players retiring this season. You know, we've seen... Yeah, you know we've seen major names change this season people moving away and everything else and 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 it's an interesting one because obviously there is an argument as we said that if we've got less players if there's more people more players retiring and therefore more players are developing and still at a quite a young age then there maybe isn't the same pool of the talent that they need for the elite league at the moment again (laughs) and he's sitting at home basically pulling his hair out and yelling at us we will have you on eventually. Don't worry. Uh, we do have plans in motion. Um, I will say that we're, um, we're not going to tell you those plans. Though. We're just I will. I will I'll be in touch with them, um, <laughs> and and we will we will talk about it. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. But again, as you say, before we move on, I, I um, to, to look at signings for this year so far. Um, I guess you're right, John. In terms of the, you know the statement that was put out um, was surprising. The first part, it felt like it was a bit of firefighting because they kind of knew what the response might be but on the other hand the fact that they tony smith has openly said um you know we're acknowledging the fact that there is an issue here or we're acknowledging the fact that there has to be development we're acknowledging the fact that we need it to work as a as a league to help develop future talent so there is a bit of a positive spin on that too um coming out of it um Guys, let's before we talk about the specific um, player signings and, and and retirements and everything else, which we are going to talk about in a few minutes because there's been quite a lot, obviously, since last time recorded. Let's take a look at two major news stories. Um, I say major news stories, well, big ones. First one, let's talk about uh, is the Cardiff Devils. Obviously, at the end of the season, um, following the playoff final weekend, we seen the, the the Devils on the Monday morning pretty much announced that their head coaching team was being let go and they were fired and whatever else or parted ways shall we say politely in a nice way not fired parted ways um but the devils have confirmed that they are going to go ahead with this year with a behind the the bench this year they're going to have um none other than head coach of team gb uh, pete russell um i mean that's a statement um mm-hmm. i think you know obviously we're talking about Team GB and we're talking about everything else. We know Pete Russell and his caliber within with Team GB and, and his commitment and his you know uh, his uh, you know his connection with Team GB. Now going to be behind the the Devils bench uh, moving forward. Um, Dave, I mean for the Devils, I mean this is a, probably a a smart move to, to to sign Pete. 
Yeah, um, a proven entity, a fantastic coach. And we know what he, he can do. And he's the ear of an awful lot of GB players, which will, will never be a bad thing. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a definitely a stand-up move. It's a marker that put down uh, to see how the, the rest of the league uh, reacts. Um, and, and it's great to have him home again. Um, and John, I mean, like, you know, obviously uh, Russell has spent the last four seasons coaching in Germany, um, variation, various different leagues, um, Dell, you know, top, you know, top end, top end um, teams, you know, coming out of, you know, things like Osberg Panthers, you know, those types of, or sorry, lost the final year Osberg uh, Panthers. He was playing for, he was uh, coaching in uh, Freiburg and Ravensburg and, and those different bits and pieces. I mean, that, that type of, um, you know, caliber and credit to, you know, and that type of, I suppose, experience that he's gained from there um, is only going to help kind of, you know, coming into to, to the, obviously come back, coming back, shall we say, um, and moving into the, uh, moving it forward for the Devils. Do you think this is the right move for the Devils in terms of, you know, obviously they've, they've complained about, you know, obviously they've had fan base crying out for, you know, that they had a poor season last season. Um, you know, is this the right? Do you think this is the move that needed to be made in order to, folks, first of all, appease fans and show that there is a steady, they're trying to steady the ship in some way with bringing in a high caliber, um, you know, coach or you know, what, 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 what's your take on this? I think it's pretty clear that if there was a disquiet with them, uh, the Red Army, then that has been quelled uh, with this. Um, although he's Scottish um, and from Air, Pete has history with Cardiff. Um, he, I think, coached in the juniors uh, with Card with the Cardiff organization for a while uh, at the start of his coaching career, um, but that's not what's going to have quieted the the Cardiff Devils fans, um, and that's not what will have the the Cardiff Devils backroom excited. Um, he is proven talent. He, he is the architect amongst a, a few other names, um, but he is essentially the architect of Team GB being where they are now. Um, and let's not take away the fact that this season just passed. He's just won the Dell 2. Um, he took Ravensburg to the championship. Um, so within a few days of winning the Dell 2, which there's people out there who will talk about it being a comparable league to the Elite League. They're kidding themselves. The Dell 2 is above the Elite League. Um, so Pete is proven quality um, and he's coming back to GB. He's coming back to Cardiff. They, if they get their signing right this year, they will be a force. He is, he can coach, uh, and he can coach championship teams. So I'm excited to see what he does with uh, the Cardiff Devils this season. Yeah, we should note just for anybody who is, and we do, we know, we 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 chatted to um, a number of fans at the playoff final weekend at the end of the season, and we know there's a a a, a, a range of our listeners who who listen to our podcast regularly who who had said to us actually we're only really new to ice hockey in the UK or ice hockey in general, so this is maybe the first season within ice hockey. So for anybody who is listening, who was the first season, just to kind of you know put it in context, Pete Russell, you know, if you don't, if you don't already know, Pete Russell was, you know, was also a, 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 a coach previously in the Elite League, um, both for Milton Keynes as well as I think one season with Glasgow as well as head coach of the clan um, before he did move to Germany. Um, so he isn't a stranger to Elite League ice hockey as a, as a, as a top coach in, in the Elite League. Um, so just to kind of put that in place as well, because we didn't mention that. Um, John, talking of the Glasgow clan, um, obviously there's been big changes there um, since our last recording. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Was the the sale was that finalised before the last recording? Nope. nope. Um, so essentially, you've now got a Glasgow team owned by some guys in Dublin. 
Um, so here's fingers crossed for the, the the new Dublin team whenever this franchise finally moves out of the shopping centre, <laughs> whenever Dublin gets its new uh, ice rink that's been promised for what feels like 20 years. Um, so new owners, um, can't exactly remember what they're called, don't really care uh, at this point. All I know is that they used to be the owners of um, Premier Sports and Free Sports until they sold that all off to Viaplay uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, bigger uh, piece of news though is the fact that the new owner has wasted absolutely no time uh, in making moves behind the bench obviously this was something that we knew was coming uh, an absolute debacle of a season from an ownership perspective and from a coaching and playing perspective for Glasgow Um, so we now have a new head coach and not just a new head coach but a new head of hockey operations as well as Jason Morgan will step up uh, or step behind the bench, if you like, um, for the Glasgow clan. He's a St. John's Newfoundland native, um, having previously coached in Germany, Denmark, Hungary and Romania. Um, He's coached for a team that the Giants fans will know quite well, the Alborg Pirates uh, as well uh, in his coaching history um, and took part in the inaugural CHL campaign. Again, the CHL, something that we're going to talk about soon. So, this is a guy with with kudos. Uh, he's got some uh, coaching chops behind him. Um, we wait to see if uh, the curse of the incumbent uh, foreign coach uh, follows on with Jason, uh, how he does. But uh, I think we wish him luck and uh, hope he come no higher than second. Yeah, just to confirm, the owner, uh, the new owner for the for the Glasgow clan is um, um for just for just for reference sake is um a guy called Michael O'Rourke. And as you mentioned, he is from Dublin. Uh, the team, the I suppose the company that he he, he runs, I suppose, is from Dublin. Um, here, here, here. Just speaking of having a new owner, what do you think that meeting was like at the um, elite league meeting for the first time that we've actually had, you know, ten people round the table <laughs> yeah. instead of nine? Nine in a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's true um yeah Say, saying things in a note that were passed across the table yeah very true um dave one more thing before we move on to just general um you know signings comes and goings um obviously morgan um you know not only has he had obviously the the coaching career that he's had obviously as, as john has mentioned you know obviously with allberg pirates and and uh, chl action and 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 different variations of different leagues and stuff that he's he's that he's coached in uh but also in his playing career um you know he's notched up he's had career a playing career in the nhl um you know los angeles kings calgary flames chicago blackhots and also your own minnesota wild yeah he, he played four games for the wilds um and did nothing but he um, <laughs> did play really. <laughs> he did really well for the Houston Arrows, to be fair. Um, in our when they were, when they had an AHL team, um, seems to be a fairly competent uh, AHL level player, which is you know fantastic. He's went and used that experience um, and taken it elsewhere. He seems to have had a bit more luck um, at a higher, not at a higher level, probably at the same level, in as a coach. But having so many leagues under his belt and having all those coaches that he's played with and people that are probably he's played with, played hockey with, are now coaching, that's just a, a big black book of people that he can phone to get players. Um, and it, if it uh, looks like it's looks like it should work, it probably will. But, Marty, am I right in saying, did we not play against him in the, the inaugural CHL? I feel like we did. Um, yeah, that's we... what I was thinking as well. 
Yeah, I feel like um, this is winding me up since he got because I, I recognized the name and I didn't recognize him from there's a lot of um, but yeah, I don't have to double check. Do you know? Do you know what my favorite part of the announcement is? He says that uh, he's heard great things about the, the clan and the city of Glasgow. Uh, good luck, mate. You're going to need a bus <laughs> to get into Glasgow from where you're going to be working. Sorry, mate. It's well, as you mentioned, John. I mean, it's at least if, as long as you know, even for this year, uh, even for this year, at least you know the Glasgow clan. You know, next year they'll transfer over to the Dublin clan, which will be mm-hmm. an interesting take. Um, so we'll see how things move forward. For well, as you say, I kind of. I, Again, come second, what's all we want is for them to come second next year at the very least because um, we don't want to get any higher than that. But one thing I will say is I do genuinely hope, I gen- and I genuinely mean this, um, I hope that the clan just kind of find a bit more stability this year. <laughs> and I hope, I, I, and I genuinely mean that, I just hope that um, they're not plagued by the same just difficulties that they had last year. We all know that they had those difficulties with, you know, ice time at the start of the season the whole issue with the round the purchasing of the ice rink and everything else so all of that at the start of the season and then everything else that happened after that with Malky um, hopefully the big thing I'm looking for them is I want to see them we all I think we all agree we all thought when the clan were coming on board like they're they, as much as they're not in Glasgow they're still in a fairly uh, good area for a team um, you know they get in a good area for a burger yeah yeah but they pull the crowds in, and they have we've seen them hire some fantastic teams, but it just never came to fruition. I want to see them sort of step out of that shadow and show what they, they can do. There's no reason why uh, Glasgow hasn't done a um, flames and taken a run for the for the for the league. Like there's been nothing stopping them. Had they've had the talent, like so. Yeah, and I, I agree with you and I mean love them or hate them and I know there's a quite a, a fierce rivalry that's now been built up over the years between clan fans and, and Giants fans um, but genuinely the fans the clan fans uh, just they do they do bring an atmosphere they do oh, I thought you were going to say there was a rivalry between the clan fans and uh, the people shopping in Primark next door <laughs> Um, yeah. It really annoys you that that's yeah. in a shopping centre. Really, yeah. yeah, it really does. Just, just wait, just wait until I go to Guildford. I bet that place is going to really piss me off too. Why? Because you can go for a swim before you go and watch the game. You mean? Exactly. Like yeah. Fife, you can break your leg outside trying to get your car. And and it's funny because we will be talking about that Guildford Flames um, exact issue um, later on um, when we talk about um, <laughs> interesting developments with uh, CHL. Well, and shall Conti- we? Shall we just? Cup. Shall we just go straight into that? No, then? no. Let's let's stick with it. Well, obviously, we've talked about head coaches. We've talked about signings. We've talked about changes within the league. So let's look. Let's talk quickly about the signings and, and stuff that's been happening um, around the league if that's okay guys um, before we move on to that um, I want to have a quick look because obviously we, we talked about the fact that the import limits have increased um, we've talked about the, the changes to the GMs and everything else and we've talked about obviously movement and comings and goings one thing we should mention as well that which we didn't talk about um, uh, it's worth obviously uh, talking about because we haven't talked about it since it happened and as is first recording since then is we know after the end of the run of the league even before the league um, run ended Dundee announced the, the departure and their their parting ways with um you know with with Mason Jeff Jeff Mason um and over the last month or so the Belfast Giants announced that Jeff hired. Mason has All been hired as a what did they call him a, what, did, what is his associate coach t- associate coach um yeah. what what is meant by associate coach means he's higher than George <laughs> 
means he's means he's technically higher than George and um uh Stewie. Rob. Rob. Yep. Rob. Um so technically that that's how that tier works as far as as far as I know it goes head coach, associate coach, and then assistant coaches. Obviously with him um, coming well, obviously with him coming in from the stars though, you know, let's talk about you know that change that obviously he's came in from the stars um don't we don't really fully know i'd say the associate coach thing yes as you say maybe it's a step up higher than that but just below Kiefer, I it's 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 an interesting it's an interest I, I don't know but he, do, do we think that obviously that move has also brought in one of the the, the new signings for the belfast giants in the form of elijah Bar- Barriga? absolutely 100 percent and I this was the funny thing. I uh, I threw a, a sort of throwaway comment on Twitter after um, after Braga was signed, and just said I, I love the fact that uh, the Giants take the the diamonds in the rough and show them what it can be like being in a team like the Belfast Giants. And some people tried to jump down my throat online saying, "How is a point per game a diamond in the rough?" And, and someone else chimed in about how good Besco had been before his first injury when he was playing in Europe and then went to Edinburgh in his like first sort of time back and ended up being a either ninth or tenth place goalie before he came to us and started winning championships. You just proved my point, all of you. The, the <laughs> fact is these are good players playing in bad teams with Yeah, okay, I can't really say bad coaching because we've now got Jeff with us. But that team in Dundee wasn't Jeff's, and I've made that point plenty of times on the podcast. I've made it to a lot of Stars fans when I've been over in Dundee watching games. Um, the fact that he wasn't given another season, I think, is criminal. The fact he wasn't given the chance to build his own team, to build potentially his own success with that franchise, is absolutely criminal from uh, the, the Dundee Stars. And I'm quite happy to see him back with us because he has coaching chops um, and what he's going to be able to do with a team that um, Steve and Adam are going to build and put together in Belfast is going to be fantastic. And having someone say Kiefer had to go away, say Kiefer was kept away for some reason, having someone like Jeff who can step up and run that bench, it's absolutely fantastic. I'll take it every day of the week. I'd rather have him in Belfast than have any other team have him as a head coach. So thank you very much, Dundee. Um, but yeah, all the, all the people who tried to jump down my throat about, uh, about Elijah Baraga coming to Belfast from Dundee, We'll see in we'll see in twelve months, won't we? And then you can suck it. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's stick because we are talking about the Belfast Giants. Let's stick with the with them. Um, and before we move on to the other teams, um, have a look. Um, we we've obviously talked about one new sign into the Belfast Giants, which is um Baraga coming from Dundee. Um, Dave, a before we talk about returning players, well, let's talk about one other new new in inverted commas, uh, new returning player. Shall we shall we say this? came as a bit of a i i think of a surprise response not only our surprise signing not only to become a bit of a surprise signing but i think it also came as a bit of a surprise reaction shall we say online for just how people reacted to the signing obviously davy phillips uh returning leaving the sheffield Steelers uh, and returning belfast giants like i was very shocked like i've all davy's one of those players that you hit I hated watching him play anywhere else because he's a freaking pain in the hole. But if you have him on your team, fucking fantastic. Um, a bit like uh, Shane Johnson back in his day, you know, you hated like whenever he played for Sheffield for that one season, you were like crying, you know, like, what the hell? Um, 
Uh, but having Davy back, yes, okay, he's not going to put up big numbers. Well, he's just a pain in the hole and gets in the road. He stops goals, you know, that's what he does. Um, and he does it well, in my opinion. Um, yes, he's getting a wee bit long in the tooth, but so. Um, I think, the, I think a... the concern, I think the concerns that were coming out online were about his penalty minutes. Um, in, yeah. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that, yes, he is one of the elder statesmen of the league now. He's one of the elder statesmen Brits of the league now. Um, and whether he's compensating for potentially, and I don't hold this on me, potentially a lack of pace um, when he's on the back check. Um, and is uh, penalty minutes dropped this year? So last year with Sheffield, he went down to twenty minutes this year. So like it's can't really go wrong. With that. I think I, I think the say. question had been: Were they big penalties? Were they costly penalties? Uh, um, look, I said it on the chat. It's like it. if we're if the Giants are gonna if the Giants are gonna do this, let's just go balls out. Just sign Kevin again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have them back. Yeah. We all know the song. Let's sing that song again. Um, I mean, the, I, I suppose it, it came as a bit of a surprise because obviously I don't think anybody's seen. It. Nobody was expecting David to be leaving, leaving the Sheffield for whatever reason. Obviously, this has happened. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose I think was, the other one was the shock. The shock from Belfast was we didn't expect not only David to be signing for Belfast, but for that to be the first signing of the off season yeah, yeah. for the Belfast Giants. That. I think is what rattled some people because obviously people were waiting with bated breath for another announcement, which did come in the shape of Tyler Baskarwani. Spoiler. Um, spoiler. Yes, but still. Um, spoiler from like a week and a half ago. Um, but that, that I think is what rattled a few people is that this is the first sign and it's a Brit defenseman, um, an older Brit defenseman as well. Um, which I'm not saying older disparagingly. What I should have said there was veteran. Um, and I think he will probably, I'd be surprised if he doesn't wear the A this season coming I, as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I do think he's um, he's definitely um, util- as a utility player, maybe the best way to put it. You know, he's um, a real pain in the hole. But if you, um, you think that, did you anybody see the interview with Kitchy? No, unfortunately, I haven't watched it yet. No. Um, so he talked about um, his previous um, seasons with the Jets and then him going to the AHL. That year that he was going to the AHL, he had signed a four-year deal to stay with the Jets. And the Jets let him step away to go, obviously, go to the AHL. Like, who the fuck was going to stop him? You know, pardon my French. I don't know what's going on. But, like, he, the, you know, the Jets let him go and he went and done this thing. And then he did come back for a couple of years, you know, so... Um, he's obviously just went where the the money's been right. If you know what I mean? Which won't be wouldn't be bad to anybody. And part of me is wondering did she- uh, Sheffield maybe not only up the dough? And we have went sure, come on, you have a lovely wee time with those of bars. I guess what makes me what makes me wonder, I suppose, what came to my head was obviously there the Giants obviously know that they need to bring in, and you know you've already you guys have already mentioned it. You know, Davy has gotten he's he's getting on in years. And I don't mean that to sound like because he's not he's still quite you know he's still young he's younger than us, but he's getting on in years in terms of he's he's getting on in years in terms yeah. of hockey players, and he's now become he's now become 
pretty much a veteran for 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 the league like he is like there's no other way to there's no other way to describe him he is a veteran in this league he's been around for long enough that he could be called a veteran and th- i suppose what the giants need to make sure they're doing is they need to be bringing in that depth for the de- for defense and defense because you know we had that that depth and defense we had some old veterany type players who have had you know who've had long careers who have now stepped away for this year and retirement and everything else and then moved away for whatever reasons we haven't heard about certain other players which i feel like we may not have heard anything yet about Garside. We don't know what's going to happen there. We know obviously Garside was a two-way player forward and backwards. We don't know what's happening with Garside this year coming in. You know, that could still be announced. Maybe it's not going to be announced. We don't We don't know. But I guess for the Giants, they need to be bringing in some vet and vets as well to kind of just kind of put a bit more experience in that line because we do tend to bring in a lot of younger players coming through those development you know ways of from the college you know for, through the NCAA program that we have and we tend to bring in quite a lot of those so we need to have I suppose balance it up and Davey people argued and people are saying like Davey you know has had you know questionable seasons the last two seasons or whatever it is but he had a phenomenal GB um, tournament this year and I know you, people are saying well it's only a tournament you know he still had a great tournament He's playing for a questionable team. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, to be fair, like he needs, he needs a right coach. <laughs> yeah, that's what to say. Like, do you know? Fox. Do you know? Do you know the most interesting thing? Just scrolling through the signings and things is um, looking at the signings that the Giants have made. Signed three Brits already. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about one already. Obviously, that's Sean Norris coming in now this year and playing. I believe is a full contract and not a two-way contract. I believe yeah. it's a full contract this year, which is great, which is fantastic. So we have a number it. fourteen jersey. Release the jersey so I can buy it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and we also have Ben Lake returning as the other Brit. Um, and and then the last player, obviously, we already talked about uh, Tyler Beskarani being the signing that everybody was waiting for, and it was announced, and everybody went. I know I did. I know my response on, uh, as a GIF on our group chat was said it all. I was. I'm not. I'm glad he's back. I do own them. I do owe the man a pair of shoes. So um, someone, if someone can find out what size he wears, I will buy him a new pair of shoes. And I do actually. Big. That. I will buy him a new pair of shoes. Big, <laughs> um, big shoes. I know he wears Vans because <laughs> they were nice. They were a nice pair of Vans that he was wearing on the day. So uh, just someone get me the size, and I will genuinely buy him a pair of shoes. Um, I want to. I want to make sure as well that we don't forget um, Matt McLeod as well. Yes, extending yes. Uh, as well. Just in the middle of that, uh, another fantastic young player. Um, did really really well last season and like I know it's not a full team at all we've got a lot of names to come uh, Baraga is a bit of a, an unknown quantity for Belfast fans because um, we've only seen him you know about 18 times that they played in Belfast last season um, but I, I love the little core that we seem to have and I'm loving the brick core that we've got I will reserve my judgment on Davy Phillips. I'm sorry to say it. Like I think I'm, I'm more in that camp of it was more of a shock and that's a surprise. I'm looking forward to him having an absolute standout season, but I will reserve judgment. Um, guys, let's move on to a couple of other bits. Like see Garson, uh, sorry, I would love to see Garcia back. Um, he does. Like I think it's the, it would be the missing piece. That makes sense. Um, if you're bringing if you're bringing Davy back, then why wouldn't you bring Garcia back? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I still think I still think uh, Gar, Gar, um, Gary's got legs in him to continue playing, and I think he should um, as long as he can. And just one, I know it's a departing player. We don't normally talk about it, but can I just give one quick second for the departure of Steve Ory, which I don't think got the the fanfare that it should have. Steve Ory was quietly fantastic for the Belfast Giants last season, yeah. and I want to make one massive point. He scored the Grand Slam goal. Yeah. 
Uh, it wasn't the last goal of that game, but he won. He scored the game-winning goal. And I, also chatting to him on the ice in Nottingham, nicest guy. I, I was really, just, really nice guy. I was, I was, to be honest, whenever they announced that he was leaving, he's departing the team. Uh, when he moved up into that first line in the last part of this, in the, in the end part of the season, he was just, you know, consistent, you know, banging goals in, and he was just, I was loving watching him play. Um, and I'm, I am disappointed. I'm sad to see him go. Um. And there's a couple of other players who have been announced as not returning. We're not going to get into a lot of it, but there's a couple of other players who I'm just devastated to see. So there's two other players who I've just devastated to see leaving this, you know, leaving Sam Rupp. <sighs> you know, like just just again, a player quality is so good this season and seeing him go um, if, if you know, there's reasons there. Um, and it's just sad to see it happen. And Grant Cooper. Um, I know he only came in as a cover towards the end of the season, but he had a phenomenal part with us. Him leaving and retiring, right choice for him. But again, uh, I was hoping to maybe see him for a full season. But um, hey, that's how it works. Um, guys, let's just have a quick look at just some of the other um, just, just movement around the league um, and some other signings. The only other, a couple of other teams, a lot of, as, as usual at this point of the season, you know, at the start of June, not a lot. Some teams are still not really announcing too many signings and, and, and some haven't announced anything at all. Five flyers. Um, there's been absolutely no communication oh wait, oh whatsoever. Give me, give me a minute. Give me a minute. I want to talk about the flyers. We'll go with that after. Hang on, we'll move on to this first. Uh, Coventry Blaze is the only other team I would say at the moment who have been uh, making announcements left, right and centre in relation to um, signings coming and goings um, Coventry have announced um, as of today I think was the announcement that they have signed Taron Cousin from Cardiff Devils um, effectively he's left and is moving to the Coventry Blaze for the next season um, as their as their head goaltender and they're also bringing in a backup netminder in the form of Nolan Kent or maybe it's maybe it's going to be a one-two tandem um, from the University of Alaska um, coming into Coventry Blaze and he's going to come in as an, as a, as an alt, alt goaltender as well so don't know if they'll do a tandem don't know if it's a one-two type situation there their biggest two signings that I'm seeing so far is the absolute robbery of Jack Hopkins and Archie Hazeldine from Nottingham yes um, that's two good young Brits that yep. they have po- they have poached them yeah um, and that that's a good start signing wise for them I mean Cozen had a ropey season in Cardiff let's be totally honest but he is a standout goalie um, and I think it just comes down to the, the season that Cardiff had and why he didn't have more success. Um, also, the fact that you've got Bounds sitting in Cardiff and putting Bounds in nets is a crowd pleaser. If you don't put Bounds in nets, then you get criticised for it. And I think that's a major problem that um, that team has in particular, um, especially when it comes to Bouncy. Um, so they could have a they could have a brilliant year. I mean, Coventry have consistently been that middle top end of the table and they just need a breakout season and they could they could win it all quite I mean, easily the same way that we have I mean obviously we're talking about the Cardiff Devils there John you know just mentioning Bouncy you know obviously Bouncy hasn't been officially announced as returning to the Cardiff Devils yet it's Let's, let's be honest it's bound to happen it's going to happen that news is going to come sh- he's going to do one more season at least he's not going to retire this season because GB are back top flight so he's going to want to stay to do that again I mean so far Cardiff Devils have announced obviously the signing of Joey Martin I think which again not a surprise you know I think it's like his 8th season or something in Cardiff you know that's not a surprise and I think they've only announced one other signing I think maybe yesterday and that was um, a forward from the Huskies Castle Huskies um, in America or Canada um, Jamie Arno he's a forward 
um, and that's the only other side in the Cardiff Devils have announced. But coming back to something you mentioned, and it's a non-elite league team, I just want to highlight this is a non-elite league team I just want to talk about quickly. You talked about um, sniping, and you talked about poaching players and just stealing players, shall we say. You know, you talked about how the Cardiff, the Coventry Blaze made a, a great move by taking those two young you know, Brits and taking them on board. Let's talk about the fact that um, the announcement was made that Craig Peacock obviously was returning Glasgow clan and then Craig Peacock was announced as the new head coach for the Soloway Sharks who have moved up into the NIHL uh, officially for the next season. Um, but as part of that, he has swooped in and taken, I think is a great player um, and I was really surprised to see him moving over to Soloway and that is in the form of Barry McKenzie from Five Flyers. Um, I think that's yeah, it. This is, this is exactly what I want to talk about. Um, the fact that Solway uh, have stepped up and the fact that Craig has gone across there. Um, Fife are in real difficulties, I think, um, when it comes to Brit signings. Barry McKenzie is an outstanding player. Um, he's one of those ones, along with the likes of um, putting imports in this, the, the likes of Shane Owen players who should not be playing for a franchise like Fife uh, because they are better than that. Um, and the fact that we're now seeing, you just have to look down the list of um, transfers and signings and look at what that team moving up a league is doing to the elite league and especially to the Brit pool. Yep. When you've got reduced, um, or sorry, increased imports and reduced Brit spaces, there is tighter fighting is going to go on but the problem is going to come where you've got teams like Fife, Dundee, and to a lesser extent Glasgow, who are really reliant on the Scottish pool of local talent. And Solway are now a massive, massive draw because they are a team who can go into the NHL and can win it all. They did massive, they had a fantastic season last season uh, where they were in the league that they were in. I think they, they won at least one, maybe two trophies. Um, and that was while even Kel Beatty was overplaying with them as well. Kel has stepped up into a full-time contract now in the NIHL. I was um, just about to say that, John. I was about to say that we can't we can't not talk about the fact that the last name, the other name that, the, that he has signed and that was announced this week was Kel Beatty. Now, did we, has it been confirmed that Kel, that Kel Beatty is moving over a full-time contract and it's not going to be a two-way contract anymore with the Belfast? No, I think is it's it? full-time. I think okay. it's full-time. It's been announced. Right. Yep. Okay. So this is a full, I think it's, I think it's Kel's first full-time pro contract. Okay. Or semi, you know, semi-pro, whatever um, that league is. But uh, I would still love to see him on a two-way, but considering the way that that league now looks to be positioned um, and how competitive that, that league is, I think the availability will start to become a uh, an issue about doing those sort of two-ways, especially for Belfast. I think that's, a, that's potentially going to be a bit of a problem uh, for us with those... Um, especially with the likes of Solway, who we've done a lot of those two ways with, yep. because geographically it's really easy to get a guy from Solway over to Belfast. Yep. Um, but if they're competing for silverware in a in a higher league, they're not going to want to lose their top end guys to the no. elite league. Yeah, uh, that's just the reality of it. And that's it. I mean, that's. I mean, obviously, when we come back, we'll probably do another recording next month, and obviously, there'll be more signings and more comings and goings. But I think that's the majority of the big ones so far. Probably, probably I, from nine teams, five will still be waiting <laughs> to hear who's going to coach them. Um, am I missing? But you know, you know what? You know what? Though you can still get your season tickets. By the way, guys, what a <laughs> stupid PR! What a stupid PR process they're going through at the minute. They are not looking at. You just have to go into the comments. They're putting out one or two of these posts about who 
like this person has renewed their season ticket because because I like going to hockey. That's not a reason. That's not a reason for other people to buy season tickets, Fife. I mean, under, in the comments, everyone's on. Everyone is complaining. Who's our coach? Have you got any players signed? Are you going to give us anything at all? Why would a why would a part with four hundred odd pound for a season ticket for a team that came pretty much bottom of the league after a team except for Dundee and were leapfrogged into playoffs by a team who basically started two months after us? Um, it, it's just it's a joke, and it's more and more of the same from Fife, and it's shocking. And if what I've heard, what I heard back at playoffs, and what I keep hearing at the minute from a couple of people is true. Five fans are not going to be happy with what they're going to hear. I mean, yeah, I heard uh, there's a lot of mumblings around that the fact that you know a lot of fans just feel that Fife just has no aspiration right now. They have no real drive, and the fact that they're they're staying quiet and there's been no communication. But we know Fife, Fife year in year out always gets to this point, the start of the season, start of the off season, and you hear absolutely nothing whatsoever, and that's always the way. And it's after that- after the back end of the season where they say it's going to be all different this season, guys. Yeah, I mean, guys. Before we move on to our next two bits, of two stories. Before, we, um, is there anything I missed out in terms of signings that anybody else wanted to talk about? Anybody, anybody, anything hit anybody's attention that I haven't mentioned? No. Okay. <laughs> then the other two stories. Then we're going to talk, move on to is um, the well, the I suppose the elite league teams taking part in european champ european competitions uh next season um let's start with obviously the belfast giants um having won the grand slam um having <laughs> having won the grand slam uh winning the league basically guaranteed them a spot in the champions hockey league um we marty remind me remind me did we take that did we take up our CHL spot? <laughs> we did take up our CHL spot. Yeah. Yeah, you're um, right. You're right. We we <laughs> took up our we we have our we have our um I suppose the draw was done last week. Um, uh, John, you have a bit more detail. Do you want to take us through that, and then I'll take us on to the Continental Cup fiasco. Yeah, sure. So the the draw uh, was done last week uh, for the CHL for its new format. Um, so. Essentially, what happened was the teams were drawn into four four rows or six columns or seven or whatever it was. They were drawn into columns. It was a complicated draw, but actually, when you, so sit complicated. It, when you sit and look at it, it does make sense. So they've changed it now. So it's not that you go straight into knockout competitions or sort of week-in, week-out competitions, whatever. Um, you go into what they're now calling the regular season to start with. Um, so you play against six other teams. You play three home games, three away games, all against different opposition. So the way it worked was you played, I think, the teams that were to the column in the left of you at home, the column to the right away, or vice versa. Look, don't come at me. I know who. I, I just have little symbols that tell me the people that were playing here. Um, so that's <laughs> that's whatever's happening. Um, so um, we we've got the draw. We know what we're doing. I think we've got, and I think we had an interview. We've got two. Is it two Austrian? Opponents and two, one, two Finland, two Finland, one two Finns, two Finn, one Austrian is the away games, um, with uh, the home games being two, one German. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I just have the symbols there. One of them is Red Bulls. I mean, that's bound to be German. Um, Salzburg. So that's the one. 
you'd think I would have had the story up rather than just a little picture that showed me uh, whatever it was. You know where I could have gone? The Belfast Giants website, because they've got a really good thing about uh, who the opponents are. But I'm not going to worry about it. So the opponents are set. I'm just hoping that we... Uh, Adam Keefe did say that he's hoping for to arrange the finish games as a, if effectively a double header, uh, at which point every Giants fan cheered with delight at the idea of uh, an away European doubleheader because I know fine rightly I think we'll be there uh, if it goes that way I'm hoping I'm hoping um, I would definitely like to go to Finland and I know my 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 good lady wife has said that she is also wanting to go to Finland um, do you do you think they've uh, think they, they give out media passes <laughs> you can ask um, obviously we have the the Giants took up their 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 place in the CHL. Um, they met all the requirements that was needed as well for the CHL. Obviously, the rink is the yeah, right they size. Have, um, they didn't have a pool inside their rink. Yeah. Yes, they don't have a pool. They don't our, have our aspirations are also Our aspirations are also great enough to want to take part well, in saying that, let's let's look then at the other competition um, that was up for grabs because the Giants did win the Grand Slam and won all three trophies that were available. Um, the the result the result meant that the second place team um, in the actual league run um, was a, was afforded the opportunity to enter the continent the IIHF Continental Cup, and that was in the form of the Guildford Flames. Um, now, at the playoff weekend, I should mention we were talking about we were talking to a bunch of Guildford fans in the Weatherspoons in down by I think it was. Which, which one? The one down by Square. Um, we're talking to a bunch of really nice That's fans sure. in there. And the one thing that they were really, really excited about over that weekend was the fact that although their team was not going to be there playing that weekend, the big thing was they were hoping that the Giants were going to win the whole thing because that meant that they were guaranteed an entry into the Continental Cup next year. And the fans were really excited about the idea of taking part in the Continental Cup because it meant that they could all do what we've enjoyed doing in the past in the Continental Cup and get a weekend away um, for a tournament fantastic tournament it's usually a great weekend because it is done in such a way that you get to kind of have those games over the friday saturday and sunday and it's it is fantastic experience and the fans were really excited about it and the biggest thing is you can go away you don't, you don't have to host it this, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get into it so, they were they were over the moon and then what happened so the flames being the elite league representative for the application to the entry for the continental cup on the basis of being second place in the league uh have made the decision had made the decision to not enter the competition uh for the nah! <laughs> uh we're we the nice but the the i suppose the chief operating officer kirk humphreys put out a statement that said we know this is perhaps one of the most difficult news items we have ever had to pass on to our supporters as a group we looked at it from every aspect including the honor and the prestige that goes with the competition but there were too many real issues that make the best decision for this club at least at this time for where we stand within the elite league among several of those issues crucially we are unable to host any portion of the continental cup like other elite league teams have done because it would need virtual monopoly of spectrum for a friday saturday and sunday stretch which is not available to us this means we cannot play any home games and would likely play six games over a pair of three games in three night stretches all with long distance european travel this is not a competition that starts before the season but for our anticipation entry would be in november and january as part of the already congested 70-ish game schedule the competition 
would also force us to miss a couple of extra weekends of home league action and shift too many games home and away to what is already usually a busy midweek obligation. This club does aspire to win the Elite League, Cup and playoff titles, none of which we have collected yet, and we are hoping we might be in a window now where there might be possible. If we already had a load of silver in the bank from previous recent seasons, the decision factors are possible to make a difference here, but for the moment we have to keep our eye trained domestic on our domestic success. Joining a fourth competition on long road trips with no home games and the resulting fixture mashup inevitably impacts the rest of the schedule and makes it hard for us to achieve domestic objectives. So while they are saying that they would like to play on it, they just don't feel that they're in a position right now that they have developed strong enough uh, as a team <laughs> to basically compete you know in the, a new European. Do you know what? Saying in the same breath that we're not going to take part in the Continental Cup, but we aspire to win everything in the Elite League when two of those trophies come with potential automatic entry into two of the biggest European hockey competitions is an absolute nonsense. If you're not prepared to take up spots, what are you doing in the Elite League? I mean, this was one set award for women, like I mean, this is one. Exactly. This is one set of fans who are who were just who rightly were annoyed, and the, the the response online was as expected. Fans were, I suppose. Well, some people could say it was measured, but I don't think it was. So I, I read oh, it was a measured response. I don't think it was a measured response. The majority of responses I read were people saying, "This is a joke. I can't believe our club has making." this decision and and take it away the opportunity for fans and blah 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 and i understand that, you know it is expense it is you know if they are playing you know trying to arrange games that's fine like whatever the argument is but that's one set of fans there's a second set of fans then in the elite league who were you know, also you know really angry see the, see the guilford fans want to head to europe with the giants fans come on we'll go on a wee europe trip uh but there was a second set of fans then about a Two or three days later, who then were the also, next day. the next day, who were also very disappointed because their club also declined the place in the Continental Cup, and that was in the form of the Sheffield Steelers, uh, following the decision of the Guildford Flames to withdraw from their position in the forthcoming season of the Continental Cup. The Steelers have been afforded the opportunity to enter the competition. Unfortunately, the club have decided against entry to this year's cup competition after taking into account ice time availability and a schedule ahead in this season's Elite League competition. A club spokesperson said, with additional games to be played in a shorter period of time to fit into the schedule, it would not just not have been sensible for the club and our playing staff. We understand the Cardiff Devils have taken the opportunity to enter the Continental Cup and all of the Steelers wish them every success in the competition. So the Sheffield Steelers have also turned down their position, their, their option to enter into the, the Continental Sheffield Cup. Sheffield 10-pot. Which, Sheffield 10 pot. Which means Absolute guys disgrace. Which means guys effectively the fourth placed team uh in last season uh have Not fourth place. Fourth choice. Fourth choice but fourth place as well. Uh the fourth place team in the Elite League um have have been awarded the the, the Continental Cup um entry. I mean Cardiff Jeff. I said that. Just do the both. I mean I, I mean, Do you know what? I I had a I had a discussion on Twitter um, with Thomas Brownlee about this because whenever these announcements were coming out from Guildford and Sheffield and then Cardiff said that they were going to do it, we've already had it's effectively the continent the sorry the CHL have tried to make the format and the qualification difficult enough that it means that the Elite League potentially might not have been one of the Challenger Leagues. And there is absolutely no guarantee that after this season that we will continue to be a Challenger League in the CHL. So we may lose that spot. What this does, what these decisions by the Guilford Flames and the Sheffield Steelers does, is gives the IIHF 
ammunition to look at the elite league, to look at the teams that are representing that league and go, well, if you're not going to come to our flagship European competition, why should we be inviting you? Why do we give you automatic entry through your playoff competition? It's mm. it's a nonsense. Yep. So do you know what, actually? You're not invited. So what we can, what this league is actually potentially doing is fighting its way out of Europe kicking and screaming and saying we want to be there but actually well, we don't it. want to be there uh, that's yeah. a bigger argument it's it's an absolute <laughs> nonsense about the the conversation yeah, the on that too. Going. true um, and the English didn't like that either <laughs> sure it's alright it's alright we'll get to we'll get to like a certain point where everyone will just say no and eventually Fife are going to be left there going um <laughs> <laughs> we need to represent um that's the only way they're getting into the competition is everybody else decides to drop out um guys I think that is actually officially it for period one am I missing any stories that we haven't included no yep. um we that is obviously there's been a lot to talk about um obviously since our last recording and and, and thank you for uh, for listening to that part and if any of those stories do feel a bit old i'm sorry but we did have a lot to talk about um and we really wanted to talk about the the whole continental cup debacle i suppose and that's why we've added it into this period uh we do have a few questions but we'll come back to the elite league because we do have a few questions in our overtime segment which has been sent in from some of our twitter followers and um, so we will be coming back to a few bits and pieces so um we will return to the elite league later in our show just to say as well to everyone look if you do have quite a long commute well done you've made it to work it's an hour in we're only done one period so stick with us you'll probably be listening to this one <laughs> when you go back to work tomorrow so just keep with us i have said um we are on episode 101 this is episode 101 and the 101 actually just probably stands for how many minutes this episode is going to be um so uh, let's see how close <laughs> we're gonna have to go fast at this rate <laughs> let's see how close you get to that um so with that we will sign off period one and we will move into our period two of hockey Welcome to period two of hockey. This is where we'll talk about hockey from the rest of the world. Um, as usual, I have done absolutely no pre- uh, pre-organization, so I'm going to ask Marty to give us a start. Um, yeah, of course. Um, I will start us off. Um, well, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, maybe um, we should get John to start us off with the, the yeah, whole John, where we are with the with the Stanley <laughs> Cup, I suppose. <laughs> Um, yeah, really simple, guys. Um, who had Vegas and Florida in, in the cup final on their bingo card this season? Marty, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Anybody um, has that bet has made a clean fortune. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever Just, whoever has bet one of those as champion, it doesn't matter. Do you what? Someone is sitting. One person, at least one person, is sitting with a betting slip that says either Vegas or Florida for champions, and they're just. They're just waiting to cash it in. Yeah, they, they just need they need four or more games, and they're just waiting to cash that in to make bank. I mean, I I genuinely am shocked. Oh well, I'm I'm shocked by the fact that it it's came down to the Knights um, versus the Panthers. I did not was not I was not seeing that whatsoever. Did not expect that to be our final at all. I was hoping it was going to be our final as well, but I didn't expect it. But what I will say is the Panthers. I've got to admit that I mean the Panthers have been dominant in this playoff. They are playing. Well. Yep, yeah, they're wild card too. Yeah, they were yeah. the second wild card. They were the lowest uh, ranked in the East as well. So my my biggest thing is they are playing 
up until this stage, they've been playing with a team who had nothing to prove. And to be honest, I still don't think they've got anything to prove. Um, they they lifted the um, Eastern Conference trophy. And I mean, they lifted it. Yeah. And they skated it round the rink. And do you know what? I'm absolutely here for it. You win a trophy, you get the opportunity to skate that round on the ice for your fans. If I was the Vegas fans and I'm seeing that trophy put down on the ice and they all refuse to touch it, you don't get to skate it round. Yeah, fantastic. It's an old hockey adage. That's fantastic. Show the fans the trophy you've just won. There, there could be an argument. I suppose the argument will be. I suppose the argument could be that the the two teams going into the final and the end of the final are, are quite good, evenly matched, and quite you know in terms of, you know, they've been both dominant in their respective conferences in terms of the the fi- in terms of these finals. You know, the Golden Knights. Let's look at it. You know, they they've won their first round. They won four games to one um, against the Winnipeg Jets. In the second round, they were four games to two against the Edinburgh Oilers. And in the third round, in the final co- in the conference final, they they beat Ed- Dallas Edmonton two. Ed- Edmonton, not Edinburgh. Sorry, Edmonton. Sorry, um, and then Panthers. If we look at the Panthers, I mean, they their toughest game, their toughest round is probably that first round against the Boston Bruins, which we did not expect. We thought Boston probably would take that round. We, I, I don't think anybody would have. I don't think I'm talking. I turn and saying everybody kind of expected Boston, given how dominant they were this season. We thought they would. They would kind of go through and we'd be we'd be seeing a panther a, a boston versus toronto maple leafs second round but that's not how, what happened obviously we're seeing uh, a panthers then taking on the toronto maple leafs in that second round and annihilating pretty much nearly 4-1 taking the game winning at 4-1 and in that final conference that conference final against carolina hurricanes completely dominating four games to four games to zero i mean it's they've, the they've only had a sweep the only sweep of this season's or this year's postseason i think is that sweep? I don't think there there has been no. a sweep in any series except for that one. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, the most the most tantalising thing going into this now is looking at the series from the regular season, and obviously they're in they're on separate conferences, so they only meet each other four times. They're one and one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. or sorry, they only meet each other twice. Sorry, and they're one and one. Yep. Um. So that is that looks that's tasty. I mean, this it, is good, and I think it's also. No matter, I think even from the the, the last stage, from the um, was it from the second, it must have been from the um, third round, the semi final or the conference finals, maybe the champion, the Stanley Cup champion, would be a new champion for the first time in is it nine years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, that's that's epic. That's going to be fantastic. And either one of these is great. It's either a Cinderella story from the Panthers or. It's the Golden Knights making good on what should have been in their open season. I was thinking exactly that. I mean, obviously the the Golden Knights have been there recently, um, you know, and they were obviously pitted to the post just slightly. Uh, in that inaugural season, they had such a phenomenal season in that inaugural season. And I think you're right for the Vegas in such a young history of the team to be able to lift the trophy this season and be that the Stanley Cup would just be... Uh, be historic i suppose it'd be a great way to write their history um starting really early um let's... if you had to call it if you had to call it and you wanted one to lift it who is it marty i want vegas to lift it dave panthers want to see yeah, Eric panthers. lift another lift another stanley cup for another another uh, team i just want to see to chuck lift it because he was lights out in that uh conference final yeah. series Absolutely unbelievable. They, two two they, OT goals. And we have also had that, was it five or seven OT game mm. in the conference they, final they, they, as well? 
if you look at Eric Stahl, he in, is the antithesis of this Panthers team. This is a guy that, when he was playing for Montreal, got sent to the AHL. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or sorry, he was playing for the Wild. He, no, Montreal. Yes, sorry, right. He got sent to the AHL. I think he played, didn't only played like four games that season. And then bang, um, 72 games played this year for the Panthers. Like that's, that's bonkers. Yeah. And I, I mean, just think he deserves it. There'd be a big, obviously the big argument is around, you know, obviously the goaltending for both teams has been phenomenal season. And I, I do have a soft spot for the Panthers goaltender Bobrovsky. Um, and I do, I do have a soft spot for him. And I would like, that's the only reason I would really want to see the Panthers. But I, 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 I think I would probably prefer Vegas to lift it just because I just think that's for story purposes. I just think it's, it's a great story. Um, and I think Vegas should lift it. But yeah, we'll see. Um, but it comes to our next podcast, we will know who won it. Um, um, so hopefully um, we'll, we'll see either way. Um, Dave, are you okay for me to continue on with moving on to the stories yeah. now? That, yeah, great. Um, yeah, 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 that's fair. Obviously, obviously it, makes, it, it ties in quite well, obviously, um, mine with the... Um, obviously the story of the playoffs and how we got to the playoff final um, with the two teams that have got there. Um, obviously, talking from a from a, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, um, obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs getting put out in the second round. Um, so much hope this year in relation to, you know, how that all developed and then just get a complete humping in that second round. Um, and as a response, um, the... the uh, Shanahan announced quite shortly, I think it was the day after, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs got put out that the that Kyle Dubas um was let go as the um GM for the Maple Leafs. Um and replacing Dubas now uh, has been officially announced. Um Treliving um has been hired as the general manager of the Maple Leafs moving forward, who is a who arrives after nine seasons with the Calgary Flames. Um I mean that that I think that in its own. I mean that story in general between about you know Dubas being kicked straight away. I mean that was I, I was shocked by it. I mean was that the I mean, right? That's that's call? a big thing as well, Marty. That's what I meant to ask you. Like, how do you feel as a Leafs fan? I know how I feel looking on from the outside with no skin in the game. I know how that looks to me, but as a Leafs fan, how do you feel about Dubas being shown the door? I mean, I, I just, I just, I just feel like you know, I felt, yeah. I mean, there's arguments being made about you know whether or not it was the right person that had to take responsibility for what happened there. You know, there, there was an argument around you know it, it should have been the GM that took responsibility for the fact that they were put out in the second round, and it's been taken, it's taken them too long to get to the point where the, the Toronto Maple Leafs want to be at this point. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs kind of made it clear that they kind of were hoping under Dubas that they would have potentially got to at least a conference final by this stage, and obviously that hasn't happened. Um, in the last three years or whatever, we've been put out after the first round, and obviously this year getting into the second round and everything else. Uh, and again, I think they were kind of like, well, Dubas has to go because, you know, there's not enough, you know, emphasis being put in. It's not being right. Some people, some people are arguing, and again, this is controversial to say, but some people are arguing, well, you know, should it have been him or should it actually have been um, Kiefer? Um, well, that other, was my, that other, was my next other question. Kiefer? Um, should it actually be, have no, been the no other successful Kiefer? The, non, the less successful Kiefer? Um, should it have been Sheldon, who actually was um, actually moved on um and again well that's that's another question as well marty is you you've obviously got a new gm now uh who was announced i think yesterday yes um 
is in your opinion is Sheldon secure I think he is I think Sheldon is protected by Shanahan in some ways um and I think, you think Shanahan being overarching with oh yeah, both yeah. the Marleys and the yeah, Leafs, do you yeah, think, that, I think that gives Sheldon a bit of security, maybe I, one, maybe two more seasons? I think he's protected. I think genuinely think he's protected that way. Um, and I, I genuinely, this is, watch this come back and bite me when it comes to our next podcast, but I think he's protected and I don't think there would be any change in the relation to the coaching, st- coaching for that. I know there is coaching I'll, change. I'll keep an eye on there, Twitter while we're recording to I make know sure there, he doesn't get fired in the meantime. I know there is a coaching <laughs> change. Um, for the, the the Leafs um, uh, in the form of if, I hope if you don't mind I, I know I'm moving on to the, another story but um, Spencer Carberry who was the uh, assistant coach in uh, the Maple Leafs for the last two seasons um, under Sheldon Keith has been announced um, as of I think yesterday uh, yesterday or was it Tuesday possibly he was announced as the head coach for the Washington Capitals um, he's obviously moving over there after I suppose he's, he was with the Capitals American Hockey League affiliate team Hershey um, for the three seasons before joining the Toronto Maple Leafs so there's kind of a, a, a and there's kind of a, this kind of thing of like well okay he's been in the NHL he's under um, a, a you know, under under Sheldon Keith, he's had assistant coach um, responsibilities and experience. Now it's time for him to move up in the NHL and, and take over at the Washington Capitals after being in the AHL affiliate. Um, so he is moving up there and he's taking over there. So there is a, a slight change, obviously, to the coaching. But he's not. But he's not, not the only one who's been poached from Toronto because Kyle Kyle Dubas essentially was put out on his arse by the Maple Leafs, but it hasn't held him back. And just as of today was announced as the new president of hockey for Pittsburgh. Yes, correct. Um, that was, as you say, John, that was announced um, today. Uh, I think that was literally just before we um, came on our, or come on our to record. I think that was announced because before that, there was still a bit of an argument around, you know, he, he was there something about he turned down? I think he turned down their first offer um, because, well, to be fair, he's going to be traveling. Um, he's going to have to bring his family and everything from Toronto where they're all settled. They have been for the last nine years. Um and to be honest, he's a businessman as well. So you never take the first offer when you're in business. So of course he was going to string them on, but he's put pen to paper and he's signed as the president of hockey for president of hockey operations. I think is his title for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so obviously one of our list, our, our regular listeners and contributors to the show, who will talk about again later in the podcast, uh, Mark, and um, will be interested to see what his response is to to this announcement of um, Kyle Dubas coming in there um, to take over the Penguins um, and and move move them forward from a business point of view. So that'll be an interesting one as well. Um, what should be a uh, what I should mention as well is obviously the, the announcement, obviously of the Washington Capitals, um, you know, making their move and and signing. Um, um, you know Carberry as their um, coach for for the next season. That does leave four teams um, within the NHL still on the hunt for a replacement coach. Um, we know that the the Ducks, the Blue Jackets, Flames, and the Rangers um, are all in talks with uh, are still all out there looking for. Yeah, they're, um, they're out looking, but I do know that um, there was a uh, a news piece put out that uh, the just relieved uh, Hines from or previously of Nashville um, the Rangers have uh, seek permission because he's technically still under contract uh, with Nashville until he signs elsewhere or moves out of the league um, they've asked for permission to speak to him so we could see Hines moving into uh, New York into the MSG fairly soon I think that's that's probably nailed in, if I'm totally honest, um, is that he'll move in into New York 
And that kind of maybe bleeds well on, if you don't mind me chatting then a little bit about uh, the Preds, um, because the Preds have made moves um, to name a new head coach. Uh, obviously, Hines was removed as Barry Trotz. The Barry Trotz era in Nashville has begun um, as he takes over the the reins from uh, David Poiley uh, as the only the second GM in Preds history. Um and Andrew Brunette has been named uh, as the fourth uh, coach in Preds franchise history. Um, what I didn't realize is that uh, Brunette has uh, some history with both Poiley and with Trotz, who have both either drafted him or have coached him at lower or NHL levels, um, which is really interesting. So actually, Barry Trotz has known um has known brunette for something like 20 years um so might stink a little bit of nepotism but i'm i'm encouraged to see the trots era in uh in nashville and see how that goes um does anybody else every time they hear um the word trot <laughs> Kickle the way I do. I'm really sorry, I'm challenged. Yeah, listen, listen, if there's never if there's ever been a man who looks the way his name sounds, it's Barry Trotz. I mean, let's be totally honest. But if anyone was gonna take over, given given I'm gonna call him Barry from now, alright, just to stop you giggling. Um given how how enormous Barry was for the Predators as a head coach and part of the organization previously, the fact that he's now stepped in to the shoes of David Poiley, who's essentially been the rudder behind that team for so long um yes it's been with limited um success but it's it's always been a team on the build um we had that run all the way to the final a few years ago which was fantastic but we want to get back there and fingers crossed this is the start of it uh, and this is where we're going to go can i just call it a rebuild can i just confirm just uh, the one thing before we move on from the trot story um is, is trots a slang only in British terms or is that something that's universal across the whole world? Because if you're listening in, we know we have a lot of people who listen into our podcast from over in the States um, and Canada. Um, so they're probably like, why are they laughing? Hopefully, if you don't know, maybe go on Urban Dictionary and just search for uh, the, the phrase trots to see what we're talking about. Um, in case you're wondering, why are they laughing at that? Um, yeah, maybe just listen, go on have a look. The Preds, the Preds have known that they were going to have the trots like since the middle of last season. All right. So we're going forward. We're the team with the trots. All right. Oh, fun times. Um, Dave, I have one last story. Um, just obviously before we finish off this, this period. Um, and that's obviously the story. Sorry. The one we've all been waiting for. It's the one we've all been waiting for. Um, it's the one that we're coming back to after talking about it in previous episodes. Um, and that is, as of last week, um, the uh, there was a, I suppose, the official uh, development, shall we say, within uh, Tempe. Um, um, and uh, uh, Coyote, the Coyotes, I suppose, well, let me restart this. The Arizona Coyotes, uh, Coyotes had planned to build a new arena in Tempe, um, as we had discussed in previous podcasts. And it was to go to a vote um, to like um, almost like a 
residence vote type thing and it was a special commission put together that was going to be an emergency vote that was being put together to make to see where this development was going to go whether or not they were going to get the uh permission to build the 16,000 seat arena and an entertainment district um as part of the the whole thing around the in a certain area within the the the, the area of tempe um it was a 46 acre piece of land um not too far from the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, and I think there was a lot of discussions around, you know, whether or not that was going to be a whole thing around, you know, whether that was feasible with sound and noise and stuff, because obviously they're going to have housing and everything else. Um, the officially the counties uh, needed to have a pro- um, I suppose approval um, with the majority obviously of the vote um, and unfortunately the vote which was held last Tuesday the ballot um, seemed that it was uh, that the the, Tron- the counties have lost that vote um, meaning that they have not been given to go ahead to continue with the, the development of this site. Um, obviously this is a massive impact in relation to you know the, the future developments of of, of the of the counties in terms of how, how they're hoping to kind of develop going forward obviously at the moment they are temporary housing within the mullet arena um i, I mean guys we talked about this briefly when we met up there last week um the week before um john you were over in belfast visiting um, and we, we got a chance to catch up and we were chatting a bit about this story and i know um aaron was with us that night um we were chatting about it um i mean we joke around about it you know what is it that um that that, that they have over 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 bateman you know in terms of you know the fact that there's a continuation of like support coming for the the coyotes i mean this is just another just another difficult situation in terms of like how do they overcome this now moving forward it's just crazy. nonsense has, they, they have to leave even, they have to they have to leave arizona it's a nonsense Gary Bettman should step down immediately because he has been the architect of all of this. Um, I said to you guys that um, it turned out that the NHL, the team, and a lot of the major backers were so confident about this that Gary Bettman was ready to roll himself out on a bit of a victory lap around Arizona. And when it came back as um, a no he went very, very quiet. He disappeared. He didn't make the appearances that he was supposed to make. Uh, this was supposed to be his victory lap that he secured hockey in Arizona. It's a dead horse. Stop flogging it. It's it's just done. This franchise has to leave Arizona. It, it just has to get out completely. It's just a nonsense. They're, they've already said, and what blows my mind is they've said that they're going to continue playing in mullet this coming season. I mean... Th- they've already said it. it it's just... I mean the the let's let's put it in context the 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 Coyotes did sign a contract or had committed to playing in the Mullet Arena for at least three seasons with an option for a fourth season after that because the whole idea was that they would need that length of time in order to build this new state-of-the-art arena and entertainment complex in the district and everything else obviously that's not happening um Dave you know the talk is that you know that there has been discussion around if there was a rejection from the temp tempe you know the the around you know this this whole project if it was going to fail there has been speculation that the because they they need to have um eventually have an nhl size facility um and because there's no potential to have that anywhere within the state um that they maybe are looking at and the speculation has been that they'll potentially move to um, houston um what's your thoughts yeah there's a, i would love to see hockey back in houston um it's you know, it, it's it's a market that works. 
Uh, as far as I'm aware, every time that it's moved, it's been a, a franchise move rather than a like a foreclosure or anything. Um, and the sport's changed significantly. You know, it is a bigger sport. It's more of a entertainment uh, thing now. So I think Houston would be a good market. Um, the thing I've seen, which I have to say, is it's weird. Have you? Has any? Do any just follow the Coyotes on Twitter? They are proper doubling down on this. Like, oh well, we're just going to play in the Mother Arena. <laughs> That's crazy. It's I, because I it's an it. ownership. It's an ownership and a backroom team that are completely blind to the oblivious. They were completely blind two years ago whenever they said they were going to leave their arena and move to a university rink, uh, a five thousand seater arena, which is smaller than about half of the elite league um, stadiums. We've spent three years ripping into this team about this. It's just a complete joke. Uh, There are so many places ready. I know Houston is probably the out-and-out favourite, but some of the other ones that have been talked about, um, Atlanta apparently is ready to have a franchise back again after the failure of the Thrashers. I think that was... Kansas City, apparently. That's, that's, an, that's an unlikely one, I think, given that that was, a, that was an area problem. That was a similar issue to what I think has been happening in Arizona. Um, not around building, I think just around fan numbers. Uh, my constant go-back to is I think Canada needs another franchise. Quebec is crying out for a franchise again. Uh, they, they deserve it. They should have it. Um Kansas City apparently is another um, high yeah, up one. Uh, they're crying for it. Um, but Salt Lake apparently is probably second behind Houston. Um, and apparently the Utah Jazz owner um, has met with uh, Gary Bettman in the past year because the Jazz owner owns the arena. Um, so he's prepared um, to make the alterations for a franchise. Uh, and apparently that would be a roughly 14,000 seater arena for hockey. Um, so I mean look there's plenty of options ready there are so many places ready to seat more than 5,000 NHL fans it's it's just a joke that that team is still there I'm sure we'll still be talking about this uh, this topic when it comes to the start of the season again um, I'm sure it hasn't it hasn't it, it's not going to go away anytime soon um, yeah. so we'll wait and it see starts, there'll be no movement until next year um, it'll be this time next year before we see any more movement yeah. yep is that the last story? I believe it is. Says a guy in complete control of his period. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in so much control, it just seems unnatural. Um, yeah, I think that's the end of the period. So we'll move swiftly on to period three. Welcome to period three. This is our general knocking news. news. No, there's no Sorry. delay anymore. You guys just do that just out of badness now. Um... <laughs> Period three is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that we don't think either sits nicely into period one or two, or we just realise that those two periods are far too full and we move <laughs> stuff into period Give away our secrets. <laughs> um, guys, I want to start this one. We've already talked a little bit about the CHL. We talked about the, um, the innovative new draft uh, that was done, or the, um, the selection process, the regular season. Uh, before we move into the knockout tournaments, if anyone has deciphered it all, uh, get in touch. You can be our CHL correspondent. Uh, but guys, let's talk about the rules of the CHL because this last week they announced that they are going to be introducing some new rule on ice rule innovations for the 2023 24 CHL season. Um, 
Guys, the long and short of it, if I can just give you the, the key points on this one, minor penalties, so your, uh, your basic slashing, tripping, your two-minute calls, will now be treated the same as a major in that uh, if a goal is scored, the player in the box does not automatically come back out. The team who have been scored against will continue to play shorthanded. Um, a minor penalty uh, will also be served as a, if a goal is scored while a delayed penalty is pending. So a, a, a delayed penalty will still be served. Um, so say somebody gets tripped, the opposing netminder goes uh, off to give them the extra skater, they score a goal, the minor penalty will still be served. So again, that team will play two minutes or more, well, two minutes uh, shorthanded because it doesn't matter if they score one goal or ten goals, that guy's not getting out because they're going to serve the whole penalty. However, shorthanded goals will erase a minor penalty. So if you are skating shorthanded and you score a goal, you get your guy back. Dave, what do we think? I don't know. They, I want whatever they were smoking. It just seems like whoever, they're having a fantastic time. I don't know. To me, it, it's trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, my, my biggest issue with it is I have been pushing and having this conversation with rugby fans for a long time about the, the yellow cards in rugby, the 10-minute sim binning. I've seen it in a lot of uh, international games where within 10 minutes the score just ramps up so heavily that the, the game is just... The other 70 minutes of the game just don't matter. Is that what we're heading to with this these rule changes in hockey? Um, Marty, are enough shorthanded goals scored that this is going to actually mean anything? I, I genuinely... I, I be honest, I genuinely don't know. Dave's, Dave said it right. Don't fix... Don't don't try and fix something that's, that's not broken. Like, what is the... Like, I genuinely do not understand why they decided in CHL. Do you know what? Let's make our own rules for these sets... These set... These, these set... set parts it just doesn't make any sense to me i don't understand why yes. they think this is gonna why they think this is gonna make it more exciting which is what they're saying is gonna be it's gonna add excitement well, that's, to that's interesting yeah, that, that's it's interesting you say that so the chl ceo martin bauman said that this gives the right balance of innovation excitement and the most interesting part of this is the last word that he said credibility does this add credibility to the chl i i don't i don't i don't know why I don't know why you'd want to change it. Like, you know, if you're if everything else in domestic seasons for every single other every every team within this playing in this competition in their domestic seasons, they they follow the normal standard rule within minor penalties and delayed penalties and all that sort of stuff. They they do they they do they run this they do the same thing. So to change it for the CHL just for the CHL just to uh, yeah I, I can we can we look at this with teal teal tinted spectacles for a second? Yes. Um, what a lot of Giants fans have uh, made the point of on social media since this was announced is that the the Giants along with other elite yep. league teams are they're known for coming foul of mm -hmm. European referees uh, quite a lot and tend to serve quite a lot of minor penalties um, probably a lot more than what we do domestically is this going to kill the opportunity for the Giants to win games potentially or does this level the field with these other opposing teams who also don't play with these rules domestically? Or is the problem that they're not being 
subjected to a form of refereeing that they're not used to, and it's really going to make no difference to their game at all. I I I genuinely think that it's just I don't I don't understand why it's going to make it. I don't know. I just are I we gen- are we worried that there's going to be like I said like a rugby score for the Giants at the end of these games? I genuinely believe that if if you're if you're a team that does and, and let's be honest, the Giants this the Giants do kind of tend to take significant penalties at times. You know there could be a bit of loss of discipline. You know we talked about. I know you were saying about earlier on about. Davy Phillips and I know Davy said I actually had a smaller amount of of penalty minutes this last season but you know if we do look at the fact that he has been increasing his penalty minutes over the last few years over in Sheffield you know if that is the the caliber of player that you know we do have and a few of those you know yeah I mean we know how hard of a competition the CHL already is we know the caliber of the the competition we're going to be up against the Belfast Giants are going to be up against and I'm not saying that our I'm not saying that our penalty kill unit won't be strong enough, but I just think it's. I just think it's going to be difficult. I I do, I, and I just don't. I don't understand just generally overall why they've decided to make this change. And it's not even just Belfast Giants' point of view. I just think why. Yeah. It'll it'll really like I don't think I think the Giants will be okay because we're generally quite a good penalty killing team. Um, and if you're not letting the goal in, it takes two minutes anyway. So. Um, you know that doesn't really impact us. True. It's more the um, all it, like it takes it takes a hiccup. You know some some of these big teams they're not fully on boarded yet when they're playing the CHL. Their penalty kill units might not be ironed out, and it could be all it takes is as you said two or three goals, and the game could be be lost. I th- I think the one that baffles me more the minor penalties one the minor penalties in relation to you know the obviously the basically the minor penalties dealt the same as a major so if a team was caused a minor penalty remain shorthanded even if this, the opposition team scores that's fine i can i can I, that's fine that doesn't bother me that's the one that, that was like okay whatever it's the one it's the serving the delayed penalty one which just doesn't make any sense to me like it just it doesn't like you're still going to serve your penalty you're still going to be serving your penalty even if the opposing team scores during that delayed penalty and you're still it's, you're still gonna have to serve that two minute penalty because i think what was the champion did the um chl put out a thing of like a penalty is a penalty or something or what was their what was their twitter thing that they put out something um, like that it was something like that it was something like a, a two minute two minute penalty means two minutes or something or it was like really snide like childish kind of like i don't know like really catty kind of comment and i was like but why like uh, it's interesting. For it is interesting. you know yeah well um look look at it in one respect if you if you did watch the draw uh for this year's uh chl you'll you'll know that uh <laughs> The Giants, the Giants effectively have already won it because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, a fan uh, poll was taken during the draw um, and just before they finished the draw, they, they revealed the results of uh, the vote. 24% of the vote thought that uh, the winner was going to come from... Now, this was the interesting part was they for that survey, they chose to put up the um, GB flag Whereas for the, the draw and everything, obviously, with the Giants being who they are, what they represent, it was just the EIHL logo. Um, so the 24% of the, of the CHL fans and those who were viewing at that time are absolutely sure that uh, the, the winners are going to be the Belfast Giants. The funniest thing was the response of the, the host, Godlover, and uh, Nicholas Backstrom and Pekka Rini, who were asked, who I don't even think realised that a team from the UK was in the competition. 
um, the, yeah. covers, the, the host was like, uh, well, what, what do we think about that? And everyone just kind of went, oh. Did, so, uh, did you see the host whenever the Giants? So she called out every time someone got up. It was like the Eurovision. They talked about how many wins and what they did last year. And then she got the Belfast Giants, the fan, Belfast, Northern Ireland. They moved on. <laughs> Clearly nothing else written on her sheet. Yeah, didn't even mention the fact that we won a Grand Slam uh, this <laughs> season. Just just saying. Um, right, guys, I'm going to leave that to one side um, and let's have a look at uh, the World Championships. Because, and let's start with GB. Uh, because we've already mentioned that um, GB have once again qualified for the uh, top end, the top flight uh, of, of hockey uh, and will take part there. Um, but we have been given a, a, a rough idea or a basic idea of um, what the groups will be uh, sort of going forward. So GB uh, are moving in what looks to be into Group B. So this is not official yet. There still has to be some uh, conversations and potentially movement uh, who will most likely play in Prague uh, next year. Uh, and they will play in the group stage against Finland, the USA, Switzerland, Czechia, Denmark, Norway, and Austria. Group A uh, then will pay, play in Ostrava. Uh, that will be Canada, Germany, Sweden, Slovakia, Latvia, France, Kazakhstan, and Poland. Guys, have we got the easier draw there, or by avoiding the likes of Canada and Germany? Or does it not really matter? This is top flight hockey and every game's difficult. Uh, it's top flight hockey. Um, just look at the caliber of teams that are, uh, you say easier, but I don't think it is. Like, look at the caliber of teams that we, that the Team GB have. Uh, in, that, in, that, in that group, I mean, you're talking the likes of, you know, the Finlands, you're talking about Denmark, um, you know, Czechia. I mean, that's, that's tough. They're tough teams. They are tough, tough teams. Obviously USA as well, sorry. Um, I just it's great for them to be back up the top in the top end um, and top groups and stuff and I, I, again I think it's it's phenomenal that they're back up um, you can only you know it's, 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 it's a great you know it's a great movement in terms it's a great obviously you know movement for the for, for Team GB you know and it's, it's, it's great that they've reached that point it's going to be a tough one against any of those teams um, but yeah I, I don't know I mean is there teams in, in Group A that maybe it would have been slightly easier for team gp i, I don't know um i i actually think that there's a few I teams that... i think there's a few teams in t- in group a that actually probably i say team gp maybe would be on the same level as the likes of maybe like the, the likes of your polands your kazakhstan's latvia slovakia those types of things although let's talk about latvia in a minute but i i don't know it's it's tough to know yeah uh, it's a it's an interesting one um the other interesting thing that came out of the, the rankings, so obviously the, the groups are uh, determined based on the international rankings. Um, for the first time in uh, quite a, a while, I think, um, I think 2015, since any nation has topped both the men's and women's division, Canada sit top in both divisions, um, and that is likely to remain after the women's world championships, which are still to be completed. Um so that is that's massive. I mean, I know that we say it's the the home of hockey, but uh, it's been a while since any nation, let alone Canada, has been uh, at both men's and women's divisions has been at the top. So fair play there. They obviously they know their hockey in Canada, uh, so they do. 
Um, Marty, you mentioned it. Let's stick with the World Championships. Um, Latvia, they uh, they had a hell of a time. They did. Latvia, um, uh, they had they had so much so that their their parliament had declared um, that met at midnight after the World Championships um, took place. They at the on midnight. Um, on the Sunday, they met, the parliament met and uh, declared a public holiday after the national ice hockey team chalked up its best result in the world championships to date. So the Latvians woke up on Monday morning to find out they were going to have an extra day off. Uh, Latvia were in the, were coasting the men's championships with Finland and the country won 4-3 in overtime uh, over the United States to win the bronze medal um, in that in that group. State, in that group. Um, I mean, you know, Gold medal in that group stage, or sorry, bronze medal in that group stage, and they got a they got a, a national holiday out of it. I mean, that's that's a country getting behind <laughs> getting behind their hockey team. If I've if I have if I've ever seen one, um, guys, what's your thoughts on that? The footage is absolutely insane. Um, it's the sort of crowd that you see for I don't know, like winning a war or like crowning a new um, like king or queen, like. That's it was absolutely insane. The the footage is brilliant. What I didn't also realise is that the plane carrying the team home got permission to fly exceptionally low over Riga as they came into land. Um so I mean my I I said to you guys before we started recording, if this is what they get for bronze, imagine what happens in Latvia if they win gold. <laughs> I, I'm wondering. I love the fact that just from this story, I love the fact that um, I just want to read this little part, this little uh, description from the story. At quarter to midnight on Sunday, sporting red and white national team jerseys, members of parliament convened for a 10 minute session to unanimously declare a holiday. Um, it was, <laughs> I just think that's just amazing that uh, they were decked in the colours of the national flag um, and they just declared a holiday um, the next day, uh, which did say, that, uh, which did, which further on down this little part did say, uh, as dawn broke, some confusion was caused for some workers um, as people didn't know who was working and who wasn't. Court hearings were cancelled, schools and universities were closed, but national exams for high school students went ahead with staff paid at holiday rates. Several hospitals chose to stay open to honour doctor appointments. Businesses found themselves in disarray um, as basically the basically the Chamber of Commerce hadn't told people that of what was going on with it with the bank holiday kind of thing I just think it's hilarious I think it's genius my, my favorite part is that the Chamber of Commerce and Industry told the public broadcaster it's going to be chaos for a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we, ju- we just called a holiday it's mostly it's going to be an absolute disaster but sure it's, like it's an extra bank holiday, holiday. All, all the best. Everyone who thinks they should be off, just go get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it was um, is obviously the people who were um, or actually watching the games were already drunk and they just needed the day off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's, that's genuinely it. Guys, we have a couple more stories and I'm actually going to throw this one over first because there's another another thing I want to finish the period with um, which is the I think the big talking point from social media in the Elite League this week um, but first and this is something that I had realised and then I think Mark uh, the most loyalist listener that we have uh, here on Door 14 um, he asked this similar question what the hell is going on with uh, the Stanley Cup final jerseys and the placement of the finals logo on the left hand side of the jersey yeah um, I, just I mean we all know what it is we before, all know what it is but 
before we get into Sorry. it, I did, I did want to mention um, that there was three topics in this period, in period three, that um, were were asked more more we were basically put forward by people and uh, by our listeners on twitter um that was obviously this one which was about the um the stanley cup final jersey patch location which was just which we'll talk about now um the story around um the chl and it changes that was also a story that want that people were sent us a lot like that was i think it was four three or four people had mentioned that about wanting us to talk about that so um we should just just mention that there has been quite a few of these were, were requested um i also so the last story was requested too but you're right um john um as mark pointed out and as we know we do like a a jersey talk on this podcast um the what 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 isn't noticeable here that what i will say is the image that we're looking at here um for um which is on the hockey news network um they show the stanley cup they show the the patch the stanley cup patch alongside the assistant captain patch just on the left hand side of the chest what is missing from this jersey which is on the official player's jersey is the team sponsorship the jersey sponsor remember we talked about that way back at the start of the season that some teams were taking on jersey sponsors some weren't the jersey sponsorship is on the right hand side and because the jersey sponsorship is on the right hand side and has exclusive rights to the right hand side of the jersey the stanley cup badge and logo had to be placed on the left hand side beside the assistant captain or the captain C or A, it just looks messy. I can't believe that they, I can't believe that they they decided. Well, I suppose they had to because obviously, whenever they put out the rules at the start of the season or they put out the, the guidance at the start of the season around the sponsorship for these jerseys, they were saying, you know, obviously it's a, an exclusive sponsorship. And I guess they're sticking to their guns because instead of them moving that sponsorship deal, instead of moving that sponsorship, they just decided to move something I think is more prestigious, which is the, the Stanley Cup badge. Um, to the other side and i think it's sh- it just looks messy why why on earth is there needing to be a sponsor on a stanley cup jersey like it that's the only time that i don't understand like the, I, I don't like sponsorship in general you, you know everyone knows my opinions and that but the the nhl was obviously a very controversial decision anyway to have sponsorship on their jerseys um surely by the time you get to the stanley cup all the rights are should be different like it should be, you know, because the television rights are different and all that jazz. It sh- there shouldn't be any sponsor on a, a jersey at that point, uh, but especially considering they're not on the replicas, they're not getting like they're not jersey rights. They're not, you know, it's just for basically on the player's jersey for television rights. Um, so uh, it just seems really daft to me. I just don't like the advertisements full in. Um, uh, I don't mind them being on the helmets. I don't mind if they decide to put them on gloves or on on their socks or on their shorts or whatever. But I've never liked the idea of advertisements on the jerseys. Like to be honest, like even like sitting behind me, if you're not watching on YouTube, I have the this season's Belfast Giants jersey. It is by no means cluttered with sponsorship logos, but there are times where I wish that like even. Back when I was a season ticket holder, I would have loved the season ticket holder's option jersey to be a clean jersey. Um, I would have loved that option. I would love the option to be able to get a clean jersey uh, if I was going to get one, minus the the sponsors. Yes, I understand that our league is completely different and the sponsors are what keeps our teams going. But a jersey, it seems sacred to me. And you can either have a very, very clean jersey like... Uh, to the other side of me here, I've got my Nashville uh, Predators jersey from before 
uh, all the advertisements were allowed. Or you can have something like a Sheffield Steelers jersey or some of the European jerseys, which are, I'm not joking, some of the European jerseys are disgusting. How many um, sponsor logos they've got on them. The NHL jerseys in particular. Yeah, there you go. There's Frolunda, which your camera does not want to look at. Like, Nobody wants <laughs> to look like at that jersey. Your camera had a like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, nobody, nobody wants to see that sort of thing. Like it's, it's and it's not only just there. It's even. It doesn't matter. Your camera like doesn't them. like it. <laughs> if you're if you're and listening to this on on uh, on the podcast, go and have a look at like one hour. F- 46 uh, <laughs> when Dave's camera decides that nobody should look at the Frolunda Indians jersey <laughs> um, yeah, jer- jerseys just seem sacrosanct to me and shouldn't have the stuff on them but that Stanley Cup logo looks way out of place over beside the the, the Captain's A, Captain C whatever and I, I realise that that's only a handful of the players, uh, that's on I think uh, to Chuck's jersey the A is on that one um, but even at that, it's going to look weird when you take the A away, because obviously they're going to keep it in the same yeah. place. So it's going to look strange, because they, they're going to take the A away and there's be a gap. You know what I mean? It won't... It doesn't look quite they right. might They might do, but they might put it... They might put it further over. I would assume that they'll put it further over um, in place of the letter. I would say that that placement is because Tichuk is an assistant captain. Um, at least I would ho- like to hope that's what they're going to do is move it further out across the chest towards the shoulder, you know, or hopefully further toward... What they should do is put it under the armpit um, and just hide the advertisement altogether um, and just get rid of it. But sure, anyway, that's my one. Um, guys, let us know online what you think about the the placement, the logos and things. Um, is the NHL at risk of its jerseys becoming cluttered and is it going to take away from the team jerseys? Uh, I think you know what our answer is, but let us know what yours are. Guys, there was only one big, big story in Elite League social media wars and trolling and whatever else. Call it what you will. Um, I don't know if we're yet at the point of saying former Belfast Giant, uh, but I think that everything is in the cards that he will be a former uh, Grand Slam winning Belfast Giant Scott Conway has taken aim at the league um, and most specifically has taken uh, aim at the officials. In a tweet that was posted a couple of days ago on the 29th of May, um, he said, and I'll read this verbatim, Now that the season is over, I can freely express that refs in the EIHL suck. The Scottish refs need gone. Changes need to be made in order for this league to take a step forward. That statement then uh, has led to quite a lot of comments from a variety of people, uh, both from within the league and fans and people out with the league, uh, with Scott uh, actually taking part in conversations with some. Uh, some of the highlights for, uh, in particular, if uh, you follow anything that he does on social media, for example, Dave Sims uh, decided to pop up and say that the league paid you well, bite the hand that feeds you. Um, Scott's response was lots of leagues would have that's not the point you can't look the other way when changes need to happen guys this has carried on Scott as we know has uh, kind of put statements out ever since basically the end of the season uh, from the 
the minute and moment that he lifted the the third trophy of the season, uh, he's been he's been online speaking his mind. Is this statement that he's made is it true and is it fair for him to make, or as a player and as an ambassador for the game, if you like, has he gone a step too far, Marty? I think this is definitely a point where, you know, this kind of follows kind of that that trend of what happened, you know, at the end of the season, whenever he kind of just let loose on Twitter and um, with his thoughts and opinions on on fans and fan engagement and everything else that happened at that point. Um, and I think he, I think there's clear indication that, I, I don't think we are, I think there's clear indication that Scott is, is not coming back um, to the league next season. I, I think it's clear. And I think that he has put out something that is probably already a, 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 I think he's already, I think he's, he's he's highlighting a I suppose a a, a common um issue that a lot of people believe um is, is an issue here in the UK, in the Italy league and that is the reference situation and all these people fighting back and hitting back and saying well what's the solution what do we do and you know he did come back and he said you know there needs to be camps held overseas pay refs more money to come in and train them you know don't treat them as you know part-time workers and whatever it is you know actually develop what it needs to be um you know he obviously he has clearly said certain refs within the league are worse than others we they did mention you know the scottish refs need gone that they're that they're awful compared to the the, the general other ones um and you know I guess with the feedback with the with the fact that like you know some of their names hit back and said you know well don't bite the hand that feeds you and all that kind of comments that were being made, um, I think he's right. I think you know there does need to be a, a development part of that. And I think what was interesting was he's not the only ex player then to talk about this because uh, I see that uh, Nate Halbert then um, jumped on board after Scott had put out his and Nate Halbert who was former Co- former Coventry player, he came out and pretty much said the same thing that refereeing is a huge deterrent for top players coming to this league and staying in the league. Players will come in. But the reference gets to a point where they, that makes them make a decision whether or not they want to continue to play in this league. And he wasn't shot down in the same way that Conway was, you know, for his comments. And he put together three. He, he actually made more comments about Reffin in three different separate tweets. But there wasn't the same backlash on him on the comments that he made. Um, and maybe that's because maybe his is more detailed. But I, I do um, think, I think he makes a, I think he makes a fair point. There was a Valoran as well last season uh, called out the refs. And again, he maybe didn't use as colourful a language, putting the suck in. Um, the, that's the only difference. But the man, the myth, the legend, I love uh, Scott Conway, may continue rattling the uh, the henhouse because nothing's going to change in the league unless there's a drama. We know that. We've seen that with the docs. It took a drama first to end up with the Department of Player Safety. And well, it took Frederick it took like, the Frederick Galakos yeah. incident for there to be major changes, and yeah. what it feels like is whatever change. And look, we we know the inconsistencies. We have chirped about it for the last two seasons about what's a fine we, if you don't know what it is. Seen, what's, what's, one thing I've said to Marty as well is I've seen massive improvements in some refs. The over last season we were talking about it. Like I used to hate when I seen Hogarth coming anywhere near it, but he has boosted his fitness. And I would be, I put him up in the, the some of the top five uh, refs in our league now, where I considered him absolute garbage the, the, the first few years we had him. Um, and we always had him, we always have Hogarth, just the way it is. But um, it's, you know, there is, there's somehow some of them are getting development, but others aren't. Um, this is uh, Palace as a prime example. 
Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at Liam Sewell, for example, getting the call up to the um, the World Championships. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously they are doing things yeah, right. Look at look at the previous refs that we've had. Um, look at Tom Darnell. Tom Darnell, I would have still held him up as being probably one of the best refs that we've seen in the Elite League. And it's a shame that he's not refing anymore. Uh, understand he's got different things going on. He's running a business and everything now. Um, but it was a, a real shame to see him leave because he brought the level of refereeing up within the league. And it's it's terrible to say that it takes one or two good referees to bring the level up. Problem is, it brings it only takes one or two to bring it way down as well. And um, I'll say it, I'll absolutely support uh, Scott's statement in the fact that some of the Scottish referees, when you see them, they do let see let the team down. They let the stri- the team stripes down. Um, there are one or two, I'm not going to name names, but there are one or two that I see constantly at games, especially this last season, in Dundee, in Fife, and occasionally uh, taking games over in Glasgow. They, their fitness is nowhere near where it needs to be. Their game sense is nowhere near where it needs to be. Um, and there's calls being made by, and this is all over the league, this is not in particular these ones, Calls being made from 100 or 200 feet away from the referees way behind the play when another referee is right in the play looking at something and they're not calling it. Now, either they're missing something or the referee 200 feet away is misseeing something and is calling penalties. So something... We're nowhere near where we were four, five seasons ago whenever we were still working on the, the three-man system. Four-man system has massively improved, but the problem we're having is the referee pool is going down because I think there's probably less people moving into it. We can't really call on the same referees that are refereeing in the NIHL because as far as I know, they're still operating the three-man system. And again, it's a lower league. It's a lower level of competitiveness. It's probably a lower speed rate as well that you're expected to be looking at. I'll hold my hands up here. I'll go to some NIHL at some point, and I'll guarantee it's probably every bit as fast. But those referees are probably not at that level yet. So something has to happen. Nathaniel Halbert and, in a way, Scott Conway, through some of his replies, have laid out the the major issues here, and it's mostly investment. There's two key issues. It's investment in their development, and it's paying them so that they'll actually keep and stay within the game. That's why we lose some of them the likes of Tom Darnell is because they can go make money doing what they do best in their personal lives. Why would they come out two or three times a week, get slated for calls that they've missed and slated for calls that they've made and not get paid appropriately? So the league has to look at it. And the, and the, uh, one thing as well that should be, uh, I think should be looked into is, uh, in the league is um, some sort of ref accountability and something Scott Conway mentions is that at the minute, if you make a bad play and you get you get a fine or you get a ban. But if a ref makes a bad play, they can just wander off. It might have cost a, a, a team a game, but there's no repercussions for them having a bad day. And it's not that there's no repercussions. I mean, there's probably... Mike Hicks is director of hockey for the IHL. Um, he's the head of um, the refereeing section as well, as far as I know, uh, for the EIHL, or at least he's the guardian of it all. Um, he he most likely talks through sort of major penalties or whatever with the, the online staff. But this comes down to a much bigger conversation that we've had about the elite league and it's transparency. 
if we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, fans will continue getting on the back of players who call out the inconsistencies or refs who are themselves inconsistent or a league which appears to not be taking action mm-hmm. uh, or taking action behind closed doors. Um, you look at other leagues and everything is incredibly transparent. Yes, we've held up the NIHL and one of their biggest decisions that they made at the back end of the season, I don't think anyone agrees with. And we wait to see what the result of that's going to be, if there's going to be a, a challenge to this two-year ban. Uh, at least we at least it's at least it's transparent. Yep. At least it's clear yep. Yep. about what's what's going on and why. Now maybe that one's a bad example because I think maybe there's a bit of grey area in that one. But with other bans that we've seen through there, there's transparency about how the penalty points are explained very well. The EHL, it's put your hand into the M&S bag and pick a number, and that's the number of bans you get. Like that's you either get a puck or you get a ping pong ball or a tennis ball with a number on it. You don't know, um, and that's that's what it is. And that's that's the elite league's problem is a, a complete lack of transparency from the owners. Yeah, uh, we could talk about this for ages, guys. But um, uh, John, I don't mean to cut you off there, but I think um, we we're already at the two hour mark pretty much, and I'm I'm aware that we do have um one or two questions in our overtime segment that I do want to ask. I do want to kind of get to if that's okay, um, because of the war sent in by by listeners and who wanted to kind of get our, our thoughts on a few bits and pieces. So I do want to move over to that if that's okay with you guys. Um, so we'll we'll round off period three there. Um, we will come back in next. I'm sure next month and um, there'll be a few more stories to talk about. Um. But let's move into our overtime segment before we finish off this episode. Um, stay with us. I know it's two hours, but, you know, it's it's worth it, I hope. Um, basically, the first question that I, wanted, I do want to bring up, because it is another big story, a big topic that we kind of will, maybe will we will talk about a bit more here in a, few, in a bit more detail. Um, Ryan Bevan at Bevan777 is one of a couple of people um, who, but he was the first one to send the question, but it was, he was one of a few people, and it actually sparked a bit of a conversation on our own Twitter, um, our, twi- our own Twitter kind of under this a bit of a thread that was going on um a few people talking about this whole topic the elite league today as of the first of june 2023 have re i suppose rebranded their social media and their website uh, the website um with elite league logos which are now void of the via play branding um so the the via play branding has been removed from all logos branding everything else do we assume then that there is a deal termination that has happened here or that the deal has complete, fully completed? Um, there, I did see one of the other, uh, I did see on our on our Twitter account that the technically the sponsorship deal was supposed to go on until 2024. So is there something has happened that, which means that the deal, obviously the deal was originally with Premier Sport. Is it with Viaplay taking over last year, they honoured one more season? because it was via play taken over and under new ownership that they, they honored one more season and therefore that there wasn't going to be additional sponsorship after that one initial season. I mean, Dave, let's go with you first. I mean, I mean, obviously this has sparked some interest and some debate around what are going to be the alternative options. You know, if via play have moved away, which have been the ones who have been showing hockey up until this point, obviously premier sport before that, what, where where does the options come like where do we move into from from this point moving forward yeah it's going to be an interesting one um i would have expected by a play to honor any um sponsorship agreement for the as part of the purchase of uh premier sport obviously that's not the case but you would have assumed um as a going concern it would have contained all the existing contracts and licenses that hit had in place 
um, if they've decided to walk away from that, uh, if it was via play's decision, hopefully the Elite League got their uh, lawyers on that because they're um, expecting a payday then. Um, and if they we're looking at other sponsors, it's anyone's guess. Um, it could be could be anything. It could be um, what, what was the, the skip hire from uh, Wrexham? You know, yeah. Um, for all we know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see how it all uh, it all pans out. I do I do think the via play will continue to show the elite league. If they're not the sponsor, they'll probably have a reduced number of games. Um, the reason being is Viaplay own all the hockey rights for the NHL as well, um, so that it sort of makes sense for their UK market to conceal it. So, and I would say it'd be cheap. John, there obviously you know with Viaplay the discussion around you know the Viaplay um, deal coming to an end or whatever the whole topic is around it. Obviously, the Elite League hasn't come out yet and said any official statement in relation to the fact that they've removed the brand and they haven't said anything in relation to you know what the movement what what the what the deal is next year in terms of coverage for the league. I mean, you know, do we see any other big broadcasters coming in, stepping in, and showing or broadcasting anything next year, or like what is the alternative? There's plenty of alternatives out there. It's just whether or not they're willing to step in as... Um, I, mean, I think there's two conversations. There's the conversation about do we have a title sponsor for the league and there's a conversation about do we have a broadcaster. And those two don't necessarily have to be hand in hand. Um, previously, we've been on free sports and we've had a, a betting shop, predictor bet, which did it even ever bloody launch. God knows. Um, but broadcasting... I'm in two minds about it. The, the Premier Free Sports, Via Play Sports broadcasting, it's very, very difficult to look at it as not having been half-hearted. Um, the the number of games that were broadcast steadily went down. The schedules, even if they were released, were subject to change. Um, they were... The product, whilst it was getting better, still wasn't fantastic. Um, there was no real... Other than the cup finals, there was no real build-up. Um, there was no sort of looking deeper into the game. Um, I mean, God love it, we probably dive deeper into uh, the game across the, the IHL than what Viaplay and, Elite, and uh, Free Sports did, uh, or Premier Sports ever did, uh, which is shocking when you consider who their, their pundits are, who they've got behind microphones. You've got Aaron Murphy and um, Paul Aidey as the stalwarts who are sitting there the amount of knowledge that those two guys alone have got of hockey, um, let alone of British hockey, is just insane. The insight that they could give in a, a broader spectrum show would have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then you've got the likes of um, Colin Shields this season having stepped up to do some uh, sort of colour commentary as well. It's absolutely brilliant, but they weren't given the time, space and a proper platform to really expand on it, which is a real shame. You talk about alternatives. Um, obviously, the league or the league's predecessor uh, had a deal with Sky Sports that went sour. Um, I don't see Sky Sports ever being an option for British hockey again unless it suddenly becomes much, much bigger and we end up with 10, 10 arena teams. It's just not going to happen. Um, BT Sports are in exactly the same position. Your major broadcasters are not going to touch this, especially in a format that requires them to exchange money. That's, that's just not what they're built for. The league is not big enough and doesn't carry enough weight behind it for that. What we need is the likes of a Premier 
via play sports to step in, but actually put the time and effort behind a proper broadcasting system for it. Um, the other option, and this is the option I would really prefer to see, if I'm totally honest, I would love to see an online 10-team streaming platform. That the same sense our league is trying out for. Now, this yeah. is not. This uh, is probably an argument. This is probably an argument or a discussion. Maybe we want to go into more detail about maybe in the future podcast, and maybe it's something that might pop its head up again. But what I do want to mention to that is, it's funny that you mentioned that, John, in terms of the whole subscription service type idea or ten team online, whatever it is. Jackson Whistle, Belfast Giants Gold. Well, maybe returning Belfast Giants goaltender. We don't know. Um, has been announced. Jackson Whistle today on Twitter actually there's been a lot of conversation following this and as you say John rightly so it could just be that the the branding and the sponsorship title sponsorship is is gone and actually the broadcasting stuff is still going to stay with Viaplay that could still be a thing moving forward it's not and there's no actual change to broadcasting but I think the general gist or the general belief is for a lot of fans and a lot of people out there is that the branding thing goes hand in hand with maybe potential no broadcasting rights because even Jackson Whistle on a comment today he made on Twitter would, would kind of almost allude to the fact that even he believes that there's maybe a, a there's not going to be a broadcasting thing because a few people have put out what what about would a monthly subscription service to watch the late league streams be better than the current system that's in place with the broadcasters? Jackson Whistle says that a hundred percent would be it would be better, better for fans and better for teams and the league, as it would make more money on a sub service, maybe about a twelve. Twelve pound, whatever it is, a month monthly unlimited games. Keep championship games separate. You have to pay separate for championship games. Um, yep. However, David Sims um, has come back and said that actually, if you ask your bosses in Belfast, obviously referring to Jackson Whistle, uh, they'll tell you that the opposite, that it's not a viable thing and actually don't make a lot of money out of it. But I would argue the fact that if you have the ten teams together and you have a fan base big enough who's going to pay in a subscription fee, and it's divvied out between the teams, I actually think. There's actually probably a, a a big scope for that in terms of the, the how much how much they could actually make from it, and you know would people pay the same amount of money if they were paying you know the twelve pound or fifteen pound or whatever it was they're paying to um, Premier or via play more than likely if there was an exclusive online. Uh, and what does Dave Sims know about the Giants' finances? Yeah, I think he's probably talking from a Sheffield. <laughs> he's probably talking from a Sheffield point of view, but he won't mention what Sheffield get out of it. And I don't know. Uh, but, uh, who knows? And I think that is maybe a bigger conversation that will come up. And I think it's something that we'll discuss. But as you say, who knows? The broadcasting rights could still be there with Viaplay. We just kind of people are just putting two and two together at the moment because with the brand being removed, title sponsorship gone. Maybe people are just thinking, well, if the title's gone, if the title sponsorship is gone, then that means the broadcasting rights are gone. But as I say, it could just potentially be that the when Viaplay took over and bought into the Premier Sport last year, they decided just to honour one more year of a contract and said, look, we can't we can't we can't stand by the Premier Sport contract that they that they made for you until twenty twenty four. We're prepared to give you at least one more year's title sponsor, and then after that, you're gonna have to go and look somewhere else. Do you know Do you know who we should all be thinking about uh, tonight with all of this? Uh, and every time there's a Twitter storm regarding the the elite league, it's poor Luke. Right? That that man's phone <laughs> must explode every single time he does something as simple as change the logo for uh, the Facebook and Twitter profiles for the league, oh, and then this sort of stuff have, starts. It's just a misclick. <laughs> <laughs> it's an he's meant to right. click the new Viaplay logo, and he hit the just the elite league. Yes, that poor that poor that poor man. That's funny. 
it's funny. Um, the last question then, and I did want to get to it before we finished off the episode. And again, this is coming back to our our our, our biggest loyalist fan, uh, Mark. Um, his last question, and I suppose it's rightly it's right to finish on this question. I think um, it would be a good way to finish the the episode. Now that the Giants have announced re-signings, um, obviously we talked about them at the start of this podcast. What other two other players from the last season? would you like to see back uh obviously what he has um obviously we i i did mention it back because obviously there was a sign announced today which was obviously uh norris announced today and just before i actually tw- i actually messaged him back and i said to him um i said uh one of my players i was going to choose obviously has resigned so i'm gonna have to choose another two um so dave i'm going to start with you first two players from last season that haven't been announced that you would like to see back okay so say we take we take norris out because obviously that's who i was going to be going with um I so we're all going, going with. Don't even start. No, no. I'm going with Jax, Jackson Whistle. Uh, 100% want him back, but I want him to start to make a push for a leadership role and actually try and... Because last season, he was so close to being there. Some of the games he played were outstanding. Um, and I think with Besco announcing that he's only back for one more year, that if he if Wiss pushes him, Wiss could be a fantastic starter. Uh, the year after. Um, my other giant is uh, Mac, we Max Stewart. Um, I think he deserves a shout. Um, he done, uh, he done fabulously. He done really good. Um, obviously didn't get a huge amount of ice time, but he played every game he was in. You seen him play, and he was so close to getting some cracker goals. Um, I think he deserves a a shout at a full year. And then non giant, my pick will would be for. Um, Marcus Crawford, defenseman for the Cardiff Devils, um, to replace Big Rainer. Big body, um, perfect uh, plus minus, decent um, uh, decent penalty minutes, um, goals, but an absolute assist machine. Um, I think it would be a fabulous. Um, pick for the Jets. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good shout. Good shout. John. I've been trying to push through and figure out who exactly I want. Um, if I could only pick two, um, and I've got, I think I've got two. Jeff Ball. I want him back. He feels like a real team guy. Um, and if he doesn't stay, we have to stop using LFG uh, because of his dad. Um, so I'm absolutely, uh, I'd be heartbroken if he leaves and takes that hashtag with him. The other one, other giant I would want to see back is Kieran Long. Um, Kieran Long is a guy who I have blown hot and cold with. I think the start of last season, I think he had a bit of a tough run of it. Uh, I think it took him a while to get into the season if I'm totally honest. Um, and But by the end of the season, he looked like he really took on a... I don't want to say a veteran leadership role because he didn't. What he did was he was just everywhere on the ice. For a guy his size, he was involved in every forward up front play and it was absolutely fantastic to watch uh, he played absolutely brilliant hockey um and yeah i would absolutely i would have him back 
straight away. A player from another team that I would have back. Uh, unfortunately, there's one who I do want, and I know that he won't be back because he's already re-signed, is Brett Ferguson from uh, Guildford. Uh, I think he is absolutely outstanding. Uh, he had a standout... Uh, you could look up and down that Guildford roster and say that they all had a standout year. They had a pretty terrible last few weeks. Um, but... In general, that, that team is is absolutely fantastic. And I'm actually going to pick uh, another guy um, off that uh, team. And interestingly for me, it's another Brit. And I go Rob Lakovic. Um, because yet again, I think we have to be really, really smart about the, the Brit signings that we make. And having that really high-end Brit core um, yes, I know that I'm probably eliminating Mac right now with the signings that I would make because I've, I've concentrated really heavily on the Brits on this one with the signings we've already made and the signings that I would look at uh, with the likes of Kieran Long and then bringing in um, Blackowitz. Um, I, I just think that's absolutely key to how you, you move forward in this league and how you, how we can continue rolling on because... Like we're we're not just defending one or two trophies. We're defending a grand slam here. Like there is a weight of expectation. I'm not even I'm not even saying it for a joke. There's a weight of expectation on this franchise now, and I think anything less than two trophies next season is failure. Mm, it's That's tough. genuinely how I feel. It's a, lot it's a of tough pressure. act to follow. Yep. I agree. There is. What about you, Morty? Yeah, for me, the two players definitely from that I would like to see back. Um, for me, and I know they haven't been announced. I don't, well, at least I don't think. Um, at least one of them has been announced of retire, leaving there, going anywhere else. Matt Foley, um, defenseman Matt Foley, um, impressed me this year. I really enjoyed watching him. I thought he was a really good uh, addition to this the, the team um, in this previous season. Um, I would love to see him back on the ice for the Belfast Giants next season. I thought he was a good, strong defenseman, um, and I think you know like to see him return um and for me i think again maybe a late a later on signing maybe came in a bit later in the season um but newell's for me was a was a great signing um oh, through yeah. through season and i think newell's actually was uh low-key actually made a big difference his as a center as a center player as a center um he was clocking up ice time left right and center and his his face-offs were you know his face-off percentage at one point i think even for that that the 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 the, the finals the, the the um challenge cup final i mean second to none uh, his percentage is up really really high even at that point and I know you could say oh he's against five flyers doesn't matter I think his, his overall face off percentage was quite high someone can obviously prove us give us the details um, I'm sure five Davey Steelers after all sorry Flyers beat the Steelers after all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure Davy from Bridge can um, give us that information in terms of what the percentage was. But uh, I think you know Newell's was a was a great signing, and I'd like to see him come back for a full season. I think um, that would be my choices anyway. Um, Mark, okay, Mark, tell us who yours are. Yep, let us know. Um, Who's guys, your non-giant? Oh, oh mine. Um, yeah. Did I ask for an non-giant? No, Mark, Mark did. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> you copied but, and pasted his question in. You didn't sorry, even read it. Apologies, he did ask. Um, I was distracted by something else. Um, I actually don't know. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think. Um, I genuinely don't know. Um, I can't answer your question. I'm sorry. I'm not going to even pretend to lie right now because I don't even know. Um, guys, I'm going to call it 
for this episode because we are quite late in um i am going to call it um there um we'll put an end to the episode happy third commute to work everyone <laughs> yeah for you for those uh enjoying the sun at least you can sit outside for for two and a half hours nearly and listen to us and talking on but there was a lot to talk about and we want to talk about it so we listen to us in sections um it's, it's good saying that right at the end of the podcast but um yeah, yeah. we'll put out we'll put out a message to say it's a long one don't worry um guys with that we will sign off for this 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 month um we will come back maybe potentially next month for another uh, off-season special um off-season roundup just to catch up with things to see so that when it comes to our actual regular season um come late august uh our episodes aren't still two hours long um they normally are but still we'll we'll try and work it down um guys with we'll sign off uh, as usual we will point you in the direction of our website door14hockey.com where you can get this episode plus all the other episodes in our back catalog on our website um you can check us out on social media uh on all the social media facebook instagram and twitter at door14hockey and, and that one tiktok and one tiktok um and also then check out if you whatever your podcast provider is of choice make sure you, you give us a like thumbs up subscription whatever it might be it really does help us get out there and get the message across of door 14 hockey uh we want to say i do want to put out a just big shout out and a big thank you to everyone who did that post playoffs um you have no idea how much of a big difference that made um i know we joked around about those cards that we gave out to playoffs but it must have made a difference because um uh, we can clearly see that there has been a um a, a, a lot of new listeners shall we say over the over the course of the last two months um so thank you very much for any new listeners who've came and joined us um on this podcast uh we really do appreciate it um continue spreading the word for us and i'm sure hopefully next season we can continue to do the same ourselves um we will sign off for this week i'm marty i'm dave i'm john have a great month <laughs>